Ah. Uh. Mama. Mama. We, we made it. What it, what it, what it do though? Round two though. <laughs> <laughs> you dig? Ladies and gentlemen, bachelors and bachelorettes, before y'all do anything, pick up the phone, call your mother, tell her you love her. We got a very special guest in the house tonight. Everybody give it up for one of the most incredible human beings and producers in this game of music. Everybody give a warm round of applause for Rocky in the building. Yo, Rocky yo, yo, yo. Minneapolis, Minnesota's yeah. very own in the building. Blah. Thanks yeah. for having me, y'all. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank you for being here. This is, this is about to be extremely special. Um, this has been a long time coming. Absolutely. A couple as, years in the making. Yeah. yeah. But as everything, <laughs> as, as, it should be. as yeah. everything yeah. worth happening is, Man. For sure. you know what I'm saying? Uh, a true testament to the journey of just even two human beings getting to know one another. Absolutely. You bro. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that's one of the, the, the most beautiful things. Um, I actually love, I want to, you know, before we even start, I just actually love like the, the creative community in Minneapolis, like the, the the brotherhood that's formed amongst you and Squad. What up, Jathan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up, Paul? What up, Mark? <laughs> what up, Jathan? What up, all, all the homies? <laughs> all the homies, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and it's beautiful to see how so many creatives, you know, along their journey gravitate and then end up either coming into like a New York or an yeah. L.A., you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Destined for greatness it's, at the end of the day. It's kind of unheard of the way... You know, we stuck together, you yes. know what I mean, for so long, knowing yes. everybody since the third grade and all the homies we came out here to L.A., you know, together. So for real. Well, uh, take us back to Minneapolis. Like, I want to know what it was like growing up in that city as a kid and kind of how how the creative bug, like, caught you early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, growing up in Minneapolis was dope because it... it the public school system there is 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 fire. Like I went to a school oh, wow. called Ramsey, Ramsey International Fine Arts School. Oh, right? Shout out to Ramsey yeah. so, International yeah, Fine Arts. Yeah, you yeah. Just know it's lit. Yeah, <laughs> it, no, it's, it, it was an incredible school. So I went there from like first grade to eighth grade. Gotcha. Oh, wow. And uh, they taught Spanish. They taught the art. You know, you're painting. You're doing. Wow. Everybody had to take like a violin, viola, cello. Mm. I was in jazz band. I was in oh, drum line. Oh, and this is just a part of the school. And yeah. We were just all in some sort of arts growing mm. up. You know what I mean? And, That's and incredible. It's, it, it, I mean, they should have been charging. It should have been like a private school. You know what I mean? They should have been charging 20 grand a year for oh, it. Oh, was a public school. It was a public school. Oh, wow. And it was up the street from my crib. So that's how I met a lot of the friends that I know today. And we've stuck just by each other. It was something about it that I don't know what it was. It's the teachers. They were just so involved in, in everybody's lives. And, wow. And uh, I had a band teacher, Tom Wells, who was my band teacher, also like my drumline teacher. He gave me my first, my first job, actually. Mm -hmm. He gave me a job where I would teach other students to play the drums. Uh, and, and, and that was my job. And I got paid from my school while I was still in school as a sixth grader. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, it was crazy. And I thought back on it one day. I was like, man, I wonder, was that illegal, low-key? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like a sixth grader going to, I mean, it wasn't much money, but it yeah. was, I think it was like $40 or All something. All this NCAA drama First going all, on. It's like they 40, 
And forty dollars as a sixth grader—that's like three. That's million it's incredible. <laughs> no, no, I know. No, it was, it was great. Forty dollars. It was great. It would take me like six birthdays to save up to forty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was amazing. So you know the teachers were amazing. Like we had, uh, I was in orchestra. I played uh, violin. And uh, were you, were you in these at a young age? I was, age? I was like, yeah, like like I started orchestra third or fourth grade. Wow. Now, were your were your parents into the arts or music? So my parents. Really where my musical gene came from was church. That's that was the beginning of it. Before school, before anything else, it was church. So Got it. my parents are heavily involved in church. My my pop my pops is a minister. Oh, wow. And my mom's, you know, she she just she's sing, she sings in the choir. Got so, it. so um and and my dad played keys, trumpet. Oh wow. So it's like music was always a part of, you know, my childhood. You know, it's music playing all the time course it was all gospel records yeah you know what i mean it was clark says it was kurt franken it was hezekiah walker all of these like great gospel you know musicians yeah and that's all we played you know it was just like non-stop music in the house my dad had a turntable and had records just going oh. i would just go through those records and just like listen to sonics of just like all this stuff wow. and i try to play i emulated in the air playing the bass playing mm. the keys and doing all this so you know, uh, when I was when I was a kid, my, my mom told me, she said, um, uh, when I was still in her belly, she was like, you know, when the when we'd be at church, the music would come on and you would start to kick mm, and you would start wow. to go crazy in my stomach. So we knew that there was something with music in you before you even came out, that it was going to be. And that's be, literally God's work. Right? That's God's work. So when I was, she said when I was two years old, uh, I was at church and there was a, uh, uh, like a, um, a preacher that came from like another city mm. and the music started up and I'm going, I'm jumping up and down as a, as a two year old. She told me going crazy <laughs> and the preacher stopped the sermon and said, that child right there is going to be blessed with music. Put him on the drums. Oh, wow. They put me at the drums at the age of two. Wow. And no. I never left. Wow. I never left. At the age of two years old. This is what my mom and father told me. Put him That's on the drums. Insane. Yeah. So that like right then, it you know what I mean? It's like music has been a part of my life since Whoa. It, you know, it was something that God gave me, you know what I mean? It, That's incredible. Like this is all God's work. All like, God's work. In bro. his house. All you know what I'm God's saying? Work. Amongst his family. All God's you work. Feel bro. Me? <laughs> this is just golden. Yeah, man. It's it, like when I hear the stories, it's still it's 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 crazy to me to hear these stories from my parents. How so. crazy is that? Like I want I want to kind of delve into this. We haven't really touched on this. Is like you know going back because I feel like a lot of us look back on our childhoods. Yeah, and it's so spotty. Right. It is right? in true. our minds. Mm. Yeah. Right. Until we go and you know speak with our parents and they have it so crystal clear in their minds because they're yeah. like oh god we we need to remember all these moments exactly. <laughs> like my mom literally has tapes that she's shown me of like my birthdays that i remember you know what the the party was like and all this but then right. you see like your little self just who banging and doing whatever like <laughs> your it's little character in that like in that realm and you're just like whoa that is yeah. pretty wild man to 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 think about, you know, and, and to, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of those memories of, of you know, playing the drums that early on, yeah. mm -hmm. but, you know, I played for every choir at my church. So mm. wow. we had the Sunshine Band, which is like the kids' choir. We had the 
uh, the purity class, which is like the teenagers and the, and then we had the, uh, like the adults. So it was three choirs and I played for all of them because wow. the organist, um, you know, me and him just had a connection. It was mm. like, he didn't want another drummer to play with him. I didn't want an, another organ player to play <laughs> with me. You you know, it, it, we were locked in, bro. Yeah. Like he would do a lick and I know the lick was coming before, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's how locked we were. Yeah. That's incredible. So, so it was, it was, um, it was great, but then it became for me, uh, too much, you know, as a child, you know, Got I'm it. playing drums for every choir. Um, at that time I was, I'm not getting paid. So I'm getting older and older. You know what I mean? I'm starting to like see other kids do other things outside of the church world. Got and you. I start feeling like, I'm here way too much. Like this is, mm. you know, cause I had to be there Monday, uh, choir rehearsal. So Tuesday was Bible study and mm. I had to go. Wednesday was like the only day off. Thursday was another Bible study. Friday was a purity class, uh, uh, rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saturday morning was choir rehearsal and mm. then Sunday church, Sunday church at day, Sunday church at, at night. night. So you're, you're going straight from like your school right to at church. night to church. At, Got it. My parents didn't, they just felt this is what they were supposed to do and how their yeah. children were supposed to be raised yeah. to be at church every time the door is open. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and for me, I'm just like, all right, this is getting redundant. Like yeah. I started seeing what, a lot what, of, what age were you when you started kind of feeling that way? Cause like naturally no parent can really control the growth of a child's mind. Yeah. Right. 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 And especially one that's like in a school that's so free with music and that, and then also having the ability to blossom within the church. Right. But right. like, there's only so much that can be taught in terms of values. Absolutely. Right. Like you come up in this house, like naturally it's a church home. You have the values that like the, the principles have been bestowed within you. Right. 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 But your curious mind is also growing as well. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You're not in a world that <laughs> you're not in a community that's solely the church. Everybody in the community is built around the church, and it's like a utopian mm-hmm. environment. It's like the church is here; it's a staple. Yep. But then there's also the world around exactly. us. Exactly. And that, and and for me, that's what I started to see. Mm. It was like, okay, I go to church every day, but but I see that there's a world outside of this. Yeah. And mind you, the church I went to was small, mm-hmm. so it's not like a mega church. It's not like I'm getting a lot of these different cultures and these different people. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, this is like. This is like 50 people, mm. you know what I mean? That's a very you know, small congregation. Very small. It was very small. And we were all a family, but at the same time, I just I started feeling like, man, this is it's got to be more than life than me going to church for the rest of my life mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. You know, not saying I don't love God, not saying, you know, it's no. just like as a young mind, it's hard for us to grasp the idea of absolutely of going to church that yes. much. Yes. When, you know, in the summertime in Minneapolis, you got to understand our winters are extremely long. So <laughs> summertime bet. is four months, then that's the best weather we get. Yeah, so sure. you got to understand, uh, if I'm going to church on Tuesday, it's still light outside. Mm-hmm. There's still kids. We're driving by. We're going to church. It's, it's sunshine. <laughs> People are yeah. playing basketball. They hooping. Oh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? They're running around. They're riding bikes. And here yeah. I am going to church. And then on top of that, a lot of the people... My friends, even at church, they didn't even go as much as my family did. Mm. So my friends weren't there on Tuesdays. My friends weren't there on Thursdays. Yeah. They weren't there the days that I had to be there. Got it. You know what I mean? So it was like really hard for me. When I had to go certain Bible days, it was like a bunch of old people. Yeah. So it's like, what am I doing? Sitting here playing my Ninja Turtle under the, under the <laughs> pew, you know what I'm saying, by myself. 
that's what I did. You you feel me? So it's just like it, it, it was for me. It was just I, I think that's kind of what started mm. my curious mind. Like like it, it's, I started dreaming. I started thinking like, mm. what what else is out here? There's got to be more. Absolutely. There's got to be more than just this. Yes. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's kind of like the foundation of where I came from. Mm. And, that's incredible. You know what well, I mean? At what age were you when you started having these like? Just like questioning the expanse of the world, if you will. You know what I'm saying? You know what took me there? It, it, I think it was just music. When I, I okay, so I, I won some sort of contest at my church. I can't remember what it was. I must have been ten or eleven years old. I won a contest, and the the lady, she was my um, like my Bible teacher in the morning. Mm. And she gave me a boombox, right? It was like a cheap little black little boombox yeah. that she gave me. And I was able to listen to the radio for the first time. That was kind of my opening of different music, yes. different sonics. Oh, wow. And it was just, I only got like two stations on that joint. <sighs> but the two I got was like a, like, a, like a Hot 100 type joint or a Top 40 radio yeah. station. And then it was like some other like R&B station that I got. Nice. So... You know, listening to these different sonics for me was really what opened it up because as I would listen to the music, I'm like, yo, like I would start like imagining myself mm. in different places. Mm. I was like, oh, I'm no longer in my basement anymore. I'm no longer in my room. I'm no longer here. Wow. I'm somewhere else. And I think that's for me when I started to really get curious about like, well, how do they make this music? Mm. How does this happen? <coughs> yeah, this happening within the walls of the church. Exactly, and even these sounds and these styles, like exactly, because that, that's a crazy thing. Because in the household, you had this one style, and then everything you were living was all church based. So you only had gospel, you only had church songs. So I could tell. I mean, being a, mu a musician, music can make you instantly escape. Exactly. Right? Like the second you, you don't even have to hear lyrics or anything. The second you just hear the feel of it or, or, or just get in the zone with it. Um, you could be somewhere else. Instantly. Yeah. It, it just has that effect, man. It it's does. crazy. And so I could see like as soon as you start to hear something different, it just kind of like take off in your mind. Yep. Was there like a moment where you, you kind of crossed over or started indulging in that more? Mm. Yes and no. So I have another memory of me of a friend of mine, Christian Oliver. He gave me this tape of, uh, I think it was a Tribe Called Quest tape that he gave me. Um, and I brought that home and I remember listening to that because the boombox that I had also had a tape player on it too. I just didn't have, I didn't have any tapes at the time. I wasn't allowed to bring secular music in the home. Oh, wow. So, um, so he, he gave that to me and I was introduced to Tribe, right? And I'm listening to this like, whoa, what is this, bro? Like, yeah. hold on. Honestly, like, like, how'd, like you, how'd you feel just like first hearing that? Like, I just remember feeling like, <laughs> like being confused. Mm. Like really being like, what, what, what is this? Like, what am I really hearing right now? You know what I mean? Like, obviously I heard rap music and, you know, we had the box growing up. You know, we watched music videos and all that. I knew what rap music was. Yeah. But it was different when you take it and you can rewind something and you had it, you know, in your possession where you could, like, hold on, what was that that and I just heard? Running it back, it back. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like running it back and, 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 and really it must have been to like it. a little rebellious too. Bro, it was so rebellious. But let me so this is what happened. So I, I brought that tape home, right? Yeah. Um, I don't remember what album it was. I don't you remember better what feel album. comfortable throwing that out. <laughs> I don't I don't remember the album. Okay. Um 
but I do remember bringing another tape home. Um, Rex and Effects. What's the record? Rump Shaker. Rump, Rump Shaker. Yeah. I brought that single home, right? Now, mind you. you that blasphemy in the Yeah, mouth, listen, huh? listen. Mind you, this is what All I, I did. All I want to do is zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. Shout out to uh, Pharrell on that. That was like his first big record, matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, so I bring that home, and I'm listening to it. I know what I'm listening to is wrong, right? I'm, I know I'm not supposed to be listening to that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel that way with Tribe. Yeah. But I felt that way with that record because I remember seeing a video. Oh. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know I ain't supposed to be listening to this. <laughs> so this, is not, this, is, this is, yeah, yeah, this is not right. So what I did was I was like, you know what? I'm, I distinctly remember this. I was like, I'm going to take this tape up to my parents. And I'm going to just ask them if it's okay. I'm going to play it for them. And I'm going to, I try to do it the right way. I'm going to ask them if this is cool. I remember playing this for them and I was hiding under their bed when I played it. I was so embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? To be playing that record in front of my parents, bro. You're like, like, mom, dad, here's the boombox. I'm going to press play. And I hid under the bed. (laughs) It's insane, too, because like, it's like growing up in a household, like, you know, right and wrong. Yep. But you also like have that in you where you're like, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna go talk to him. I know this is gonna be crazy, so yeah. let me just. Whoop. Yeah, exactly. I, I, just, I just love also just the the fact that you had that in your mind. Like, I want to do the right thing. I'm gonna yeah. talk to my parents. Yep. Yep. I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's like a maturity of a kid. <laughs> yeah. Man, it was you pretty. You have a discussion with mom and dad. Yeah. We're gonna talk about this. Absolutely, and and they said no. They said <laughs> no. Nah, this this is not. You can't play this here. But they, the way they did it was like super respectful. They, you know, they, I remember yeah. them saying like, "Thank you for bringing this to us." But yeah, it know. wasn't like throw the tape out. Yeah, it wasn't. Screaming, it Dad wasn't, coming her down. Yeah, it, <laughs> you <laughs> ran <in your> room. <laughs> it wasn't no crazy. Yeah, it wasn't nothing crazy like that, which is good. Yeah, you know, because that could obviously that could have been you know a horrible thing if Absolutely. they did something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you know that that those. But even that, it, that still made me rebel. You and know, it sparked your curiosity, it, 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 it you know? sparked my career, cu- um, <laughs> curiosity. curiosity so much <laughs> that I rebelled. And I was like, yo, like, I got to I gotta get some more of this. Like, yeah. I, I, it was crack. It was crack yeah. to me. Word. And, and, and I, what I didn't understand at that moment was I, I was listening more sonically to what was going on with the music. As opposed to the as message. As opposed to the message because I was so intrigued. Mm. Because we had a keyboard at the crib always. We always had a keyboard. And I, I remember it was like four sounds. It was like an organ, strings, piano, and a clavinet or something. You know, it was like yeah. four sounds. They, they yeah. always rock the clavinet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I remember being like, but hold on, these strings don't sound like the strings on this other record. Why not? So I started to think What's that way. Missing? What's missing? What, what, how are they getting these real sounding strings? At the time, not knowing half of, it, half of them are samples or they're actually, you know, actual orchestra. They're mm. real strings. Or, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know it, but that's really what started it. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and kind of going forward... Um, I ended up with a crazy large CD and tape collection um, that I just would, I just rebelled. I did what I wanted to do. Got you. When I became a teenager, I was like, you know what? I want this music. I go to, at the time, it was Sam Goody. I used to catch the city bus to Sam Goody every single Tuesday. Mm. It was like clockwork. And Mm. I buy every single, I had every type of music. Like I would just buy everything. And I bring it home. And, and, I, I would, and, and it's crazy because you were playing music. So yeah. it's like for you, it was like such a, 
deeper attachment than let's explore all these creative nuances. Exactly. It was much more of like, holy shit, there's a world outside a, of all this that I, like, how can I attain this? Absolutely. It's like telling a painter, you can't go see other paintings from other artists. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that. that's torture to, to a young mom, you know, to a kid that's yeah. like, a blank so canvas. Curious, a blank canvas. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's torture for them not to be able to go look at art of, from other artists to be inspired by mm. that. You know what I mean? So I, I just wasn't able to do that. Did Got you it. have to hide your music? You know what? I don't remember hiding it. Um, I don't know what it was. So I ended up moving um, down into the basement. So uh, I, I have a sister and a brother. It was a three-bedroom home that we lived in. So me and my brother obviously shared a room. Mm. And we got to the point where I'm like, yo, I want my own room. You know, I just distinctly remember I'm like four or five years older than my brother. So got it. I'm like, I don't want to be in the same room with this little boy no more. Like, I need, <laughs> like, I'm a man now. That's you right. know what I'm saying? I'm 14. I'm 15. I'm a man. Like, what's yep. good? Yep. So um, I, I just want I, I was like, we had a really big basement. And I was like, I remember telling my dad, like, can you can you please make a room for me? And my dad built a house that we, you know, that we had lived in. Wow. You know, he he he, awesome. he knew how to construct that's wild you know so he built me um it was kind of just like a makeshift room for the time being and i was super happy with it so i was like great i got my own space now so i was in the room so they didn't come down to the basement it was a it was a lot of stairs yeah it was just like my parents never i had my own yeah my own little space so when i did that um they like i said they didn't they didn't come down much they didn't know i had a bunch of cds and tapes so um I think something had happened, and I distinctly remember this too. Me and my pops still laugh about this to this day. <laughs> um, when I started to be super rebellious, so I started sneaking out the house a lot. Um, I got arrested a couple times. Wow! Um, and I, we had a really big window. We have really big windows at the <laughs> in our basement, right? Mm-hmm. And you could just take the screen off and bounce. Mm-hmm. It was that simple, right? So I used to leave every night. I tell my parents, like, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to go to sleep early. Mm. Right? If anybody calls me, you know, tell them I'm asleep. You know, because at the time, this was you before cell phones. Yeah, you know you had, had a down pack, too. had a down pack, bro. Like, I would sneak out so much. It was yeah. crazy. Um, and so I started getting into trouble. And one night I got arrested for... Uh, <laughs> Me and one of the homies, we was like kind of breaking in some whips and doing, you know what I mean, some crazy Kid stuff, shit. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, nothing I'm proud of to yeah, this day. You know no, what I mean? Just real. like things that we did. and uh, Young, like rebellious, want to be like kid shit. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a neighbor must have saw us. We went to like a, a, a um, nice neighborhood and neighbor saw us, called the police. Mm. And police, you know, talked to us and called my pops. He had to come scoop that, me that's up. Like, that's like and, way worse than the cops. Yeah, bro. It was just like, it was crazy. Yeah. So I was going through, you know, I was going through a lot of like changes in my life and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It was kind of a downward, downward spiral for me. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's when he started to notice or my parents started to notice like, okay, what, what's going on in this basement? What's, you know what I mean? So they kind of, I don't know if they came down at the moment we were talking, but it came up that like okay what do you what are all these cds you know I had, it was a lot of cds hundreds of cds that i had and i had this uh i had a, a snoop record um damn what record was it oh uh, it was a, it was a single i had mm. and i remember my dad because it was an unfinished basement also too so it was like we had like big cement blocks mm. so he saw this cd 
And he was so upset that I had all these records that he knew I was not supposed to have. Yeah. He took the record, put it under the cement block, picked it up, dropped the block oh, on my CD. Wow. That crushed me, bro. That was oh, like the worst wow. feeling in the world. It oh. was like, that's not only did I pay for that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but oh. that was my life. You know what I mean? Music was my life, bro. Like it was, yeah. it was one of those things for me. I just like, I mean, to this day, I mean, we obviously we laugh about it now. Like yeah. it's all good. You know, he even feels, you know, kind of bad about a lot of the things. He's like, man, like half this stuff, I don't even know why I was tripping on that. Why <laughs> you know, he he tells me that. And, and and as men, like we can talk about it. Absolutely. And 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 it's great. You know, and also we, it's crazy because like parents don't know what. Like, it's wild when you think about it, like somebody having kids, right, and raising kids. No parent knows what it's like to be a parent until you are until a parent. Until you're a parent. Yeah. Right? And then every parent, like, has their own style and this and that and the other, yep. their own beliefs. Mm. And it's just a matter of trying to figure it out. That's all it is, bro. Because because every child is different. Yeah. So the same thing that may have worked on one child is not going to work on the no, next child. No, it may, it may make, like, I mean? the, the, the handling of things easier when you have one and then go through it. But, right. like... Every human being that comes into this world is unique. Is unique. Yeah. And that's what's special about humans, though. Yes. You know, but I call my parents all the time and I thank them, mm. you know, because I'm a parent now. So I got two children. And I, when I go through something, like I called my mom like about a month ago and I was like, Mom, like, thank you so much for getting me a dog. Like, wow. I know I was begging you for a dog and you got me a dog. I see what it, I see what you went through because I just got a dog a month and a half ago, and I was ready to be like, "Yo, like I'm I'm taking this dog back. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, like, I'm not I'm not doing this, bro. Like I'm not, I'm not doing it, and, yeah. I, and I still go through that. You yeah. know, it's only been like a month and a half, but yeah. but I call my parents and I just I thank them. Absolutely, you know, thank you so much for what you did and for my upbringing. You know what yeah. I mean? And and I think it's good to do that to let the parents know because you know a lot of times my when we talk about these things, when we, when we you know, when, when my parents fly out here and we kick it and we're talking about the things that happen as children and we can laugh about it now, yeah. it's still like sometimes I think my mom feels bad. You know, mm. she's even said that, like she's even apologized to me about it's, certain things. And I'm like, mom, you ain't got to apologize. Yeah. Like, no, you didn't man. know. Like, it's, I don't ever want her to feel bad. You know what I mean? It's but, crazy because, like, I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. even with my mom, because, like, my dad is the Zen master. Right. Right? Just calm, collected. He's stubborn as shit. But, like, I don't think me and my dad have ever gotten into a fight that lasted more than five minutes. Right. Right? As mad as he could possibly be, he's like, and then he's like, should we go get some food? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's beautiful. My mom is the fireball, though. Right. Like, I have, like, the perfect match of both of them. Like, my mom has literally tackled me. Like, ran down. The, I don't know what the fuck I did. Whoa. But literally <laughs> ran down the hallway. I'm sitting in front of our sofa, and she, like, did the whole fucking, <laughs> <Wow>. like, <laughs> jump tackle. But then, like, afterwards, she's like, what the fuck did I do? You know what wow. I'm saying? But <laughs> it's wild because parents go through these emotions yeah. and like look back and be like, oh my God, that's not how I wanted to, to, to present this to my child. But, it's, but when you know, this is, one of the, this is what, what I think one of the bigger differences, and, and please like let me know, is when you know that your parents like have your back regardless, right, and when you right. know that like they're your parents and they're instilling their parenthood on you. Yep, yep, yep. That's when you're just like, look, it's love. Yeah. Like, 
it needed to happen. Absolutely. Maybe that showing me that made me understand how to handle it moving forward. Absolutely. And and I wouldn't change it, you know, for the world. You know, like the way I was raised and looking back now, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad they did those things because, you know, I, I can I can raise my children up and just I take what they did for me and just put it on my children with a little bit of spin on it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not yeah. the exact same yeah. thing. Rocky rolls in the room with the cinder block. Grabs the <laughs> yeah. CD. Oh, really? Man. Crack. Hey, but shit, at this point, he's like, grab, grab the iPad, the iPhone. The iPhone. Oh, oh, let me see oh, that, bro. Listen, we dealing with that right now. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, yeah, it's, it's, you just figure it out. You just, you're like, okay, how can I, you know, my son been lying a lot lately and, Gotta take the iPad. Gotta make sure you know. It's like certain yeah. things that you it's just crazy gotta figure these out. Days man, when you like, think about the expanse of technology mm-hmm. and how right. much wilder it makes, like <laughs> that, like whole parenting vessel. Like even think about church families. Like you over here, like you better have the preset set on 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 the device. Man. Oh, you like, get that parental like, controls on. Listen, man, it's you gotta you gotta micromanage. <laughs> You know, situations because iPads are easy for, you know, my son to take to his room, go under, you know, have like the bunk bags, go under the bed and and, and be in his own world. And I don't know what's going on. And I'm on the phone. I'm on the computer making a beat. I'm, you know, I'm saying in my own world. Yeah. And then my wife might be in the kitchen or doing, you know, she might be on her phone in her own world. Yeah. And then it's like our children, somebody else is raising our children. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like from a video or some music they're hearing or who knows Absolutely. what it could be. And it, it, it's wild though how relative it actually is even in today. Right. right. Because when I look back at it, it's like your parents will instill values in you. Right. Your parents will, if they're, because what I truly feel is like open communication. Mm-hmm. Whether it's parent to child, whether it's child to child, whether it's peer to peer, whatever, the ability to openly communicate and just like put it out there for conversation's sake Mm -hmm. is so much more powerful than dictating a rule. Absolutely. Right? Because I remember when I was a kid, it's like, you know, me and Joe even spoke about like multiple times on these episodes about like my mother and like drugs, right? Mm. When When I was in, you know, junior high in that age, my mom mind fucked me without knowing she was mind fucking me. Because she was like, look, I know at this age, kids are starting to smoke weed and do these other drugs. I'm uh-huh. sure you've heard of it, right? If you ever want to do one of those things, uh-huh. come to me first. Wow. Let me buy it. And let's do it together because I want your first time to be with me. Bro, that took the rebellion out of all that. Can you see that? Like, Wow. No, but imagine that. Like, wow. My boys are over there smoking weed. Right, and I'm over here whipping, whipping like going to the park, and like, yo, come smoke with us. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good, because even like when I take it back to like our hide and go seek in the apartment complex, mm-hmm. right? So we had this little apartment complex, and then there was like the the parking lot structure, uh, or like area around it. It was like a moat, but it was a parking lot, uh-huh. and we used to like run outside and hide there too. And my dad was just like, listen, Anush, there's a little birdie. That flies in the sky. And mind you, B, I'm like second, third grade uh-huh, shit. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? He's like, it flies in the sky. And it tells me where you are. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just know that I know, right? The rule is you can't go outside of this apartment complex. If you're going to play with your friends, do that. But just know 
There's a little birdie watching. <laughs> and, you, and you believe it. So the money, believe I believe it, yeah. that like to the T. <laughs> like there'd be times where I'd run outside, see a bird flying, and be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Back in. You know wow. But it's, it, it's, That's hilarious, it, bro. it's those types of things when it, when it, like, you know what? I feel like when it comes down to when it's not something definite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You become more open to the possibilities of like how malleable this shit is. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just Definitely. in terms of like the rules and the regulations, because at the end of the day, the only thing we can do, regardless of how technology advances and all these things, is just give our children or even give our immediate peers a foundation. A foundation. Mm -hmm. That's all right? they need. Foundation like, look, and if you love. Fuck up, come to me. Exactly. Exactly. If it, something's it, wrong, come to me. Right. Because that open line of communication keeps it from, you know, Shorty texting one of her mean girl friends and being right. like, but Steven did this. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. If you can go to your mom or dad and be like, look, I'm going through this. And they'll be shocked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But be like, okay, let's walk through it. I feel like that's just so much more impactful. Yeah. And you know I, try to be, I try to be very open when it comes to that. I could be... I could be a bit stern, you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. Very, very uh, I don't even know what the other word is, but uh, um, <laughs> it's just <laughs> one of them things where it's like, because like my boys, like they, I want them to grow up and be men, you know yes. what I mean? Like I'm raising two black, two black men. Yes. Mm -hmm. So me and my wife always talk about this. There's just no room for error no. as a black man. Especially you know in the saying? climate. Especially in the climate. So if we allow our boys to go out here and do this and do that and be open and, and, and just do whatever they want to do. You know, it's it like the, the police are going, you know, they, like they raised our kids. They end up raising them because if they get caught up with something as teenagers, they go to jail. Absolutely. They're being raised by the system. Absolutely. They're not being raised by us anymore. So Absolutely. it's just for us, we, you know, it's like, I make sure they have like, a lot of fun. Like we're yeah. extremely fun family. Yep. You know, we do all, we do everything. You know, yeah. it's like mm. I make sure my kids have a blast. But as soon as my son starts acting crazy, starts lying, which he's been doing lately, really, it's like, bro, you're getting your privileges taken. Yeah, you know what I mean, the things know that you the love. The value of that word. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's crazy, dude. I had like. So, you know, I'm getting married in a couple of weeks. Uh, Congrats, shout by out, the shout way. Shout out to Joe getting married. Yeah. Probably, probably when you're listening to this, I'm already married. But um, my fiance is black. And we actually had to have a, a talk about raising, you know, black children. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I grew up with black friends, fortunately. Right. And But it's still, and I've, like, talked to my black friends about what it means to be a black man. I've talked to my uh, black female friends, what it means to be a black woman, you know, talking to my fiance and like what that really means. And it's and like, beautiful that you have this conversation though. Let's, let's be really, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm absolutely, saying? I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Like there it, needs to be more of yeah. that, you know, so people yeah. can understand other yeah. people's world. Perspective. Perspective. Yeah. 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 And like, this is going on like a super tangent here, but just, it just reminds me because we had that talk about like raising your children. And I think as a parent, you have to do first being a white male, you have so much fucking like privilege right. that you don't even understand like what racism is and right. understand that fucking privilege is right, right. until right. you have black friends that check you on that shit. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's just the truth. <laughs> yeah, that's real. real. That's real. Like you don't understand like what it means to be sensitive to things and yeah. that, that all develops and you learn it. Yeah. And that's just a product of being a, 
a, a white man in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for real. That's just it's, what it that's is. That's just what it is. You know, it's. But uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go, but go but ahead. like trans. So so transcending that into like how you raise your children, and like I think about how my my parents raised me. But even with that. You still don't really understand, you still don't understand. because it's, you could never understand it. You, you never will. Know. You never. You know, it's just one of those things that, <sighs> unless you're that person, mm-hmm. you'll That's never it. understand. Like yeah. we, I could tell you stories for days for sure. about you know being a black man in America and how I feel. And, yeah, and it just sure. it, it won't it won't translate. You know yeah. what I mean? And but you know I think it's important. I, first of all, it's great that you have these conversations. You have, I mean, you have to. You have to. It's, yeah, it's, it's exactly. imperative. I mean, and I wish that more. I wish that more people. And this is not even just a black and white issue. It's just you know, everything it's, issue. It's an everything issue. Just mm-hmm. understanding different cultures and different people. Yes, yeah. you know what I mean. I mean, it's, bro, it's even like, for me, like even around the time of nine eleven, like I'm Middle Eastern, right? Mm-hmm. And like naturally, like we get flack, like this, that, and the other. But like, I'll be honest, I've never experienced anything crazy like i've never been frisked to the airport and i could have a beard like just on (laughs) right and all these things but for me even when i when i'm presented with a thought in or or like an action in that realm whether it be from a police officer or somebody of authority or just some fuck boy on the street i just don't entertain it that way right Mm -hmm. right right there comes a time where it's like escalations of scenarios you know what i'm saying it's kind of like that 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 you know my dad always raised me on the premise of no matter if you're right or wrong if you start raising your voice and yelling Mm. you've already lost Mm. damn that's such a that's a a good way right wow like regardless of who's right or wrong if you if you start lashing out or acting out you've lost you've lost yeah. Hands down. That's beautiful. So I've experienced some of these like fuckery scenarios, but with me, that just like built my like verbal acumen and be like, okay, slow it down. Yeah. Well, to even backpack off of that mm. idea, and I don't remember having a conversation with my parents about this, but I know that I got it from them. I'm just going to give them the credit. You Absolutely. Know what I'm so, I, you know, just being in a lot of situations growing up in Minneapolis. Uh, it was even one situation where uh, I was in college and I, I used to go to the University of Minnesota and me and a friend of mine, uh, we were leaving to go get like a midnight snack because I was studying and um, I had a whip. We were just going to the whip, right? We're just walking there and a bunch of cop cars pull up and mm. they get out, guns pulled on us, yep. like, you know, get on the ground, da, da, you know, going crazy. And I'm like... Oh you know, God. scared. Like, this is the first time this has happened to me. I've been pulled over before and all that and kind of yeah. roughed up, but not guns drawn. Yeah. This was, like, different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a college kid, too. You For know what real. I mean? So Like, what call was made here? Did, did, like, yeah. I, like, down? we had just left the door. It was the weirdest. Like, bro, like, it was crazy. So, we, we um, you know, they handcuff us. And, I, you know, my homie that I was with, he starts going crazy. Mm. Like going crazy, and I'm like, bro, chill, relax, chill. Yeah. Like you're, you're like you, like you look like you making this situation worse right yeah. now. Yeah, validating it, validating yeah. whatever they're pissed about. Like, let's not give them a reason to yeah. like shoot us or to tase us or whatever. You know, as unfair as that fucking is, exactly. Yeah. As unfair, by the way, yeah. Like that's what I'm he saying. has all the right in the world to, to do, yes. That. do that. Yes. 
And it's but it, but, it, but it also escalates a scenario right. that doesn't need to be escalated. But that's right. what's so crazy about uh, being a black man in America. For real. It's like it's like we get all of these things done to us, but then it's like we can't even act out because as soon as we act out, then it's like oh, like the angry black man. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's it's where like, you got the president like, calling motherfuckers you sons of bitches out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. That's where like the validation takes comes in. in. Yeah. It's like you know <laughs> that's why it's so crazy is because. You can act in a way you probably and react in a way you should to yeah. this like injustice that's happening. Exactly. But if you do, then it's like, oh, there it there is. There it is. There now it is. I can got there it is. Yeah, got him. Got him. So you know, just like I said, backpacking over you know what your pops taught you yeah. is like, you know, I was just quiet the whole time. Like, all right, we're just gonna see what it is. Yeah. Like, like I know who my pops is, and I know I can make a phone call. And you know we, you know we got friends who are lawyers, and you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's like I'm not even tripping, but I remember uh, <laughs> there was like another cop car that, that pulled up. Or they kind of were like driving past. It was like a woman. She just started laughing at us. Like wow, she drove by, fuck? laughing as God. we were being like thrown on the. Like that just stuck in my mind. I was like, like you're laughing at two college kids getting mm-hmm. like guns harassed. drawn on, like harassed, yeah. like. And I just explained, like, yo, I just let, I, I go to school here. I got my school ID on me. I'm not a felon. I got yeah. no, I got a clean record. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And like, well, we heard there's some burglaries and people going in cars and you fit the description. Yeah. And da, 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 da. I'm like, of course we do. Yeah. We always do. Yeah. Even if we did, it still feels, it will always feel a certain way. You know, you know what what's mean? wild? I also feel like, just like speaking on this little like pocket that we've delved into, is like, I feel like that's very critical in the fact of whether somebody's being oppressed for something or not, right? Whether it's in like a conversation or somebody's being instigated, yeah. even if it's by somebody that's supposed to protect us. Right, right. Right. It's, it's actually incredible to see like how rhetoric really changes a lot of these interactions, mm. right? Because if somebody, like even if a cop is coming, like I've had times where cops were getting really snippy with me and I just like literally just use my words and be like, I don't understand how you're coming to me like this way, right? right. right? I'm not being aggressive. I'm actually being authoritative. Like, authoritative right. so can we have a conversation or is there something different officer right and in, in that moment like a motherfucker just gets like deflated oh trust me i learned that bro like you feel me i got stopped so many they, times they, like, <laughs> look, like sometimes, i learned that <laughs> yeah it's like sometimes look every, every since we're gonna go there fuck it every, <laughs> every we're here baby yeah no but every race and look at the end of the day, flatline, we're all human beings. Exactly. Bottom line, the human race Absolutely. is what our, 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 all of our races are, yep. yeah. right? Every race of people, being that if you look at it as a pie, yes, there's all different types of people. There's good and bad in every one of every us. Every one of us. Right? Bro. So that's what it is. Like, there's good, there's bad. Yeah. There's good people in, in Middle Easterns and bad people in Middle East, white people, black mm. people, Mexicans, whatever. Like, bro, that's just the human that's race. The human yeah. race. There's good humans, there's bad humans. There's also humans that have went through certain types of things we never could know. At the end of the day, it really comes down to just, like, being educated enough, right? Like, and it's wild because, yes, 
in y'all's predicament, there's no way I can understand what it's like to bring a child into this world of color. Mm. Yet, you know what I'm saying? You may be out there, shorty. (laughs) 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 No, but it's a fact. Yeah. Like, this is something that's going on. But if, like, if we're taught to address the situation, right, with calm, I truly feel like more than likely it will shift Mm. the culture. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? There's no way for us to know in these moments what went on. There's no way for us to know like how somebody can use their position of power to dictate a, a, a rhetoric or a vernacular, right? But it's crazy how it resonates with me. what Pop said. It's like, if you escalate, B, you've already lost. You've already mm-hmm. lost, yeah. Like, like I said, I learned that being mm-hmm. stopped so many times in Minneapolis yeah. is like, all right, cool. Like it, it was already in me because I'm 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 a chill dude, so it was like already in me to just chill yeah. out. Yeah. But there was a time when I was definitely me and my homie we were in the wrong, right? Yeah. He was he was he had drank too much. <laughs> he was driving. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he and and we were like super close to the crib, and it was just nobody around. We was at the mm. red light. He was like, I'm gonna just hit it, bro. I'm gonna just go. <laughs> as soon as we did. <laughs> You know that? And that's the worst. I was like, bro, this is like a, out of a movie. Yeah. So I was like, and we, and he had and and the whip that we had wasn't even it was his homies because it was his birthday. So he had like a clean range that he had just like he let him have for his birthday. Yeah. Mm. So we had it just for the night. So we were in somebody else's whip. The wind, <laughs> all the, it was it was all bad. The, all win, bad. the windows all were bad. tinted. All bad. All bad. Right. So I'm in the back seat. So I was like, you know what I'm gonna do before these cops roll up on us. I'm going to roll the back windows down. So I rolled the back windows down so they could see. Perfect. And the guy walked up and he was like, man, thank you so much for rolling the windows down. Because when we saw the when we saw your car, we, we couldn't knew. see inside. So, you know, it makes us feel easier yeah. that way. And he, w- and he was like, you know, where are you guys going? And we're like, man, we're going home. We just live right up the street. Yeah. Man. We're just trying to get home. And they were super cool. That was probably one of the only encounters we yeah. had where I was like, you know what? We were in the wrong but they were cool, but it, I wow. felt like it was because I had learned, you know, from being stopped so many times. And yeah. certain times I get pissed off, and Bro, you know what I mean. But I literally, like, I literally turn the car off, put my hands on the wheel, right? Because yeah. the crazy shit is when you think about in that instance. Let's yeah. not like extrapolate, but in that instance, when somebody, when a cop is walking up to a car, right, their hearts already racing, already racing. They oh, don't yeah. know who you are, what's going on. They yeah. don't know what you're coming you against. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the craziest part. Yeah, but like, man. it's. Shout out, shout out to like being raised or even just like taught things, whether it's amongst your peers or whether it's amongst your parents. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I feel like it takes a village. It really does. It takes a village. It man. really does. And, and you know what's crazy? Even thinking about our adolescent stages, yeah. right? The parents that are far more open with communicating with their children take the power away from their friends. Right. True. Very true. You feel me? Very true. Because when you look at mom and dad, yeah, they're an authority figure, but when you look at mom and dad as as somebody that you could talk to, you're not putting it in the hands of your friends. Your friends and that's not yeah. to say that your friends are wrong or right, but that's just to say that like 
they going through the same thing too. Damn. They they trying to figure it out. So you yeah, getting advice true. from somebody? Yeah, it's that like has when that, it, that same has that same mentality. Thing. Yeah, it's like you're not supposed to get advice from somebody that like is 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 a lower IQ yeah. of you, bro. Right. Like, yeah. like, right. For real. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. As much right. as we rebel from our parents, I look back now and I'm like, damn, like. I had to rebel to know I was either right or wrong. Right. But like looking back, I'm like, damn, ninety percent of the shit my parents told me was right. It's right. I know. It's right. It's right. so crazy, but right? Also, and maybe it just the, the way they did it might have been could have been yeah. done a tad bit different. Yeah. But Absolutely. it was right. Yeah, because they've lived. But I was also thankful that they allowed me to find out what I felt right and wrong was. Right. Like right. my parents, like. I love you, mom and dad. But like, they literally were like, "Look, this is our thought on this. Go experience it. But just know, this is what this right is and what wrong is. But we can't st- like they literally instilled it in my head. We can't stop you from doing what you're going to do. Right. We could just hope that we could tell you and you know what the difference between a right and a wrong That's great. is. That's great. And I was just over there like, <laughs> yep, yep. Going back to this, this, this kind of like age, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it really happens for us, like as we like eighth grade to high school and like into this like college sphere, this, this yeah. like decade of youth mm-hmm. and adolescence. What was that like for you in in in, in Minnesota? And also mm-hmm. knowing that, like, I want to know what that culture was like as you were building your musical acumen. Right, like, yeah. was it like parties? Was it like cats getting together? Like, what what were the throws of those teenage years? Because I feel like in every creative, that nexus is very important very to important. the 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 blossoming of whatever it becomes is. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was interesting. Like high school for me was so. Like I said, the, like when I went to the art school from from uh, first grade to eighth grade yeah. it was like a lot of my friends that I had grew up with we all ended up kind of going to high school together yeah and which was literally a block away wow so it was this high school washburn which uh I don't know if y'all familiar with next the uh, the R&B group yeah, uh, yeah next yeah. they yeah. went there like oh, wow. you know so we went there and it was just trouble for me, really, because it was like how so? It was it was um it was just too much. It was like girls everywhere. Uh, like it was like all the homies, you people from the block. Close. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was all of that, and I just for some reason I didn't I didn't flourish well in that environment for mm. from for whatever reason I, okay. I didn't. I like that's when I really kind of started to get in trouble, you know, and my grades were horrible. Mm. And um, when you say you didn't flourish well, were you like getting caught up in it or were you, like, how did you react to it? Aside um, from like the grades, like, were you like, oh, this is just overstimulant. I'm going, I'm diving deep into the girl world. I'm, it was, it was a bit of that. It okay. was the smoking. It was the robberies. It was me trying to think I was gang banging and mm. getting, you know, having a gun on me. And really, yeah, man, it was like, it was a bit of all that, you know. So how did how to take that trajectory though? Because, I mean, when you go home, that's not really your life. But when at all, at all, <laughs> not but, even close, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we have church music. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. But when you step out, I mean, I think we all have, especially as teens, like especially for for men who are um, going through that teenage phase of like fourteen to sixteen. Yeah. Even like seventeen. 
it's a weird kind of like because and you're trying to be cool you're trying to like be an adult you're trying to hang it's like all these weird things are happening at once but we all go through that phase where we leave our home go to high school and become a different person yeah absolutely and it's and a lot of the times it's doing bad shit. Right. I don't know what it is about that. It's just. Do you I just, think it was like more rebellion for you? I, I think it was just rebellion. I was just yeah. being rebellious towards what my life was, which mm. was, it was just so regimented. You know what I mean? It was well, like. Being a, a, a good religious kid. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what it was. And I, and I was like, you know, I I'm, not, I'm not rocking with this no more. Right. Like I'm over that. Like, I've done this for my entire life mm-hmm. up until that point, up until I was, like, 14, 15. Mm. It's like, I'm not doing it no more, you know? And it just came to the point where I was blatantly, like, doing whatever I wanted to do. Like, my parents could not control me. It got to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I would steal the car every day. <laughs> steal a car every day? I mean, like, I, like, like, no, what? no, 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 no. Not steal a car. I would oh, okay. take my parents' car. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I would, like... I did that for years, like okay. from freshman year to like junior year before I got caught. Every day I would drive okay. to school and drive around <laughs> and just, I had my pops with My pops used to take the city bus to work, and, okay. you know, because he didn't have to deal with parking and all that kind of stuff. So I, I would do that. And then it was just like all these things. It was just being rebellious in mm. every way that I possibly could. Did you feel at the time that this is who you, like someone you were becoming or did it feel like just someone you were trying to be? And I think you- it was more so I was, tr- I was trying to be that. It, w- it was a combination of me trying and then just, just doing, just trying new things out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the lifestyle of the, you know, staying up, like going to parties, sneaking out. Smoking, I mean, look, it's drinking, fun though. It's like, fun. Absolutely. When you're at that you know? age, it is extremely fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's like, really like not many consequences. Nah, it's, no, it's, 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 it's and it's, it's fun. Not. Yeah. And that's what all like the cool kids are doing. Yeah. I mean, it got to a point though for me where even some of my homies were like, hey man, you kind of tripping though. Like, oh, really? So you took, like, you took it a little overboard. I, I think so. Like, you know, it just, it just got bad. Like, like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't really care for the consequences. Okay. I didn't care what my parents thought. Me and my dad physically would fight each other. Oh, wow. It, it got that bad, mm. you know? And, um, I just, they just couldn't control me. I mean, they wanted to send me to a, uh, I remember they told me they wanted to send me to a military school. They were going to mm. send me there. Um, they just couldn't control me. It just, yeah. it got uncontrollable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they didn't know what to do. And that's scary for a parent. And that's, that's extremely scary. I mean, I couldn't imagine what they were going through. I mean, the first time I see my dad cry, bro, like out, like that, that was, that was kind of for me, my turning point. Oh, wow. When I saw my dad cry. Mm. My dad is a tall dude. Like he's not like a, it's like super, patriarch. super, yeah. And, and I saw him cry and I was like, that was the moment I was like, okay, you know what? I, I really messed up. I think I got, I got suspended. I, I don't know what it was. Something happened. Mm. Something at school happened. And yeah. then he just started crying. I was like, all right. Like sitting next, like talking to you. Talking, and yeah. We were having down. a conversation. It was just me and him. And I remember it was in the middle of the day when he should have been at work and I should have been at school. And mm. I was at home for some reason. Got it. And he cried. And I was like, all right, this has got to be a turning point. So yeah. I left that school mm. that I, that high school I went to. And went to a private school that they initially wanted me to go to. 
which is like Mini Haha Academy. And I was like, yo, I don't want to go here. There's all white people here. Like, I was like, I don't want to go here. There was like carpets on the in the hallways. I'm like, what is this, man? Like, it just felt weird. Like, it's like, like high school. What is this, like a house? Like, it was just weird for me, you know? Got and um, But at that point, I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to go ahead because I obviously can't figure this out on my own. I'm going to just go, I'm going to go with what they want me to do. Okay. And it's wild, even as like, like looking at it from the outside in, as rebellious as you, you were and could have been, like you still understood the love of your pops. Right, exactly. Like that was kind of like, the, like somebody could have looked at it and be like, and what? Right, exactly. But you looked at that and you were like, holy fuck. Yeah, no, nah, it's... It came here? It, yeah, exactly. We got here? All right, we need to reevaluate this. On all levels, absolutely, and 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 even in that in between moment, which before I went to that private school, um, I was homeschooled. So what I would do was, um, my dad homeschooled me for like I think it was like a five six month period before okay. I could actually transfer to my new school, and uh, I used to take the bus down to his to his work, and uh, on his lunch period he would come to the library and check the work that I had to do, and then oh, I catch the wow. bus back home. Yeah. And in that time was when I found Reasonable Doubt. That's what I was playing in my, in my headphones at that moment. And that, that, that album for me, wow. like, really. Especially in that moment, In that too? moment, like. Yo. Because were, were you still oh, kind of, like, on this path of music at that time, too? Yeah, or, I, mean, I mean. Or did that get lost in your fuckery? Ooh, you know okay. what? You know okay, what? Joseph. Yeah, I, I like What's that. up, dog? Okay, Joseph. Or did that get lost in your fucking? You know what? You know that's a good question. It, it, uh, <laughs> it actually did get lost in high school oh, because man. I wasn't in any band. I wasn't. In, I wasn't doing really anything musical wow. in high school. Okay. And then I was at that moment. I think at church I was barely doing yeah. it but then they started to pay me so i was like all right cool they're gonna pay me now i'll really do it but i wasn't playing for every choir like i was when i was more of a kid what an album and what a time though <laughs> what a man for real what an album and that, what a that time album, that album's special yeah special for me man and it's crazy album. because man, even thinking the, think yeah yeah and, and even thinking about that like lightweight like that just it's crazy, like, what that album is, like, blossoming from, like, like, bro, he was 27 when he put I, that. I know. But, like, <laughs> blossoming from the street life yep. to, all right, we about to go do this making music. Exactly. And then you, in your life, it was, all right, we out here rebelling like a motherfucker, but yep. we, we came in the church and we super musical. Right, right, right. It's like that shift in perspective. Like, shout out to the fact that 444 was dropped now. Now, I know. Like, on some grown man shit, but that was on some, like, young man shit yeah. saying, fuck it, we about to switch it up. Yeah. And then stack up. And stack up. Yeah, bro. It's it's uh, it's wild. Just thinking back on, yeah. like, catching what, that bus, listening to that music. What, you know? what was that like for you? Listening to that, that yeah. album or just, like... Just, like, that like, album, that period, like, that transition. That transition like, was I feel like super that, lonely. Like, I was really... I was like, real. It was. I was in a dark. I was kind of in a dark place. Okay. Because it's like, all right, now I'm leaving a school with my friends that I know, 
and going to and in a transitional period where I'm being homeschooled mm-hmm. and I'm by myself every day. I'm catching the city bus with workers and there ain't no kids on the bus with me. Yeah. You know, I'm just it's just me and my music at that moment in time. Wow. So it was I was extremely lonely for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and then thinking about all right, now I gotta go to a school where I don't know anybody. You know, mm-hmm. I think at that moment my sister was she going there? My sister was gone, but she might have been at a different campus. She's a couple years younger than me, but she definitely ended up going to the same high school as me. Got it. But I didn't know anybody other than that, you know. Mm. And uh, it was just it was just a lonely it was a lonely time for me. Yeah. That transitional period, definitely. <sighs> yeah. But you know, getting there and getting you know acclimated to the school. My first day was great because there was another new kid, Alex. Uh, who was a white kid and like super like mind you I grew up at uh, like the, the the school Ramsey that I went to it was multicultural like it was like a lot of different types of kids the so quintessential up, melting pot yo it was great I Duh. grew up with all races you know what I mean all cultures all different types of people yeah so it wasn't like I was like scared to be around white people yeah. it's just that I, I had never been around that many white people yeah. in my life yeah you it was something I mean? completely different completely different yeah so so uh this kid Alex his locker was right next to me he was a brand new kid he was mad cool, so I was like, yo, I rock with this kid. And he nice. ended up just being a homie. Like, we just ended up being best friends for, like, from then on. You know what oh, I mean? Wow. So it was, like, a great moment to have that, to be able to go to a school and meet somebody off top yeah. who's dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with at that moment. Mm, wow. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it was, uh, it ended up being, it ended up being dope. Like, Incredible. I, I ended up really liking that school and. And I flourished. Like, I didn't realize, how, like, my grades were really good at that school. Like, I remember my mom telling me, like, a B average or something really yeah, good, like, yeah. for that school. You were I, just happier inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just worked out, you cool. know. It worked out. It gave you also, like, an environment to flourish, too. Exactly. Like, you didn't have, like, all these influences coming in that just, like, mixed with the shit that you were already going through. Right. With, like mixed with your own rebellion. Right. And then put into an environment that catered to it. Exactly. So it's like, all right, let's take you out of here. We're going to mm-hmm. put you put in you here. Put you here, yeah. Yeah, and well, it, I couldn't really rebel like I wanted to. Yeah, I was like, right. who are these people? I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. And uh, mind you, it was a, uh, I think it was a Christian school too. Mm. So it was even, it, they were, it wasn't like, like we had to like we didn't have like prayer time or anything like yeah. that. It just was no you know it was a private Structured school. It was structured. Yeah. yeah, it was a Christian school. And so. the importance of community, even when it's a community of one. Like shout out to Alex. Shout out to the scenario of you being new, y'all lockers being together. <laughs> right, and right, y'all right. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because like it's one of those scenarios where when you're plucked from comfort, and instead of di- finding discomfort off rip, you're finding oh shit like comfort again. Yeah. Right, it allows you to like blossom as opposed to keep rebelling. Exactly, you know what I'm yeah. saying. When you, but but I feel like like underlying theme in that is like finding your own cool. Right, you know, right. like we're all trying to find our cool. Um, you know, even like when we think about L.A. and 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 these scenes like that, like I feel like. When people talk about L.A., that's like high school USA. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, where the cool kids at? Right. Some kids are cool because they're naturally cool. Other kids want to infiltrate the cool circle to rid themselves of anything that they stand for just to be down. Mm. Right? And then there's the other motherfuckers that are just, like, doing them. Like, yeah. all right, well, shit, we ain't part of the cool kids. It's crazy to me to look at it because, like, I look back at my high school 
And like the cool kids and cats are still in that community, like married, like doing whatever the fuck they're doing. Like nothing. It's just like, okay. Right. A lot of the cooler, cooler kids are like community college for God knows how. It's like, you think about high school, you get past that B. Like any kid (laughs) that's in high school right now and you going through it, understand there's an expanse in the world around you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to High School USA. Yeah, man. Because a lot of people feel this, like, mold and this, like, cool kid mentality. And I was always, like, the roamer, like, cool with everybody, but also didn't really feel like I fit in everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the moment I, I left, and, and now we just, we're here. Hey there. But, like, I look back and I'm like, damn. No, but for real, it's like, damn, like, what the fuck was cool back then, man? Yeah. It's so crazy to look back and think of, like, I mean, I even just think of who was who was cool back in high school, and I was just like looking at them now, like one not the, yo like, light, lightweight ninety seven percent of the cool <laughs> kids in your high school yo. don't turn out cool, my man, G. I'm no. sorry. That fifty cent line is very true. Oh, so true. It really is. So true. I mean, you know, it is what it is. People grow up and they, you know, they they grow up and forget about being cool. It's like life happens and things happen and. That's not important to them anymore. You know what the real cool is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The real cool is finding your own cool. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Being comfortable in your own skin is yes. Yeah, for real. Like, and and people, adults deal with that. You know, high schoolers, like every everybody deals with that. You know, just just being comfortable in their own skin because the older you get. You know, you change, your body changes, things change. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you may have kids and you're trying to keep up. You may yeah. have, like, all of these things happen. And so you're constantly trying to fit in something yeah. that, you know, may not work for you. Yeah. You know? it's, like, it's crazy when I think about that fitting in. Like, if there was one bit of advice I could give to anybody, is just to, like, appreciate your own individuality right. and your cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Because, like... When you start to really think about it, the more somebody appreciates themselves, that's when their circle of friends become formed. Yeah, that's when man. they're like their squads become built. Right. Because when somebody knows themselves, they're not gonna let the idea of a mirage like, oh shit, like I need to be there. Right. Once you really like tie like tap into whatever the whatever the fuck it is that you fuck with. Right. Your world starts building it around starts that. Building around it's that. the craziest thing. That's it, so it, true. It, it, it attracts all the people want to be like yeah. you. They all yeah. want to be around you. They yeah. Are, because when you walk with a certain confidence and you know yourself, mm-hmm. it just attracts people. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean, like people are attracted to confident people. Absolutely. But there. it could it, but it could start off a little lonely. Like Oh, for sure. It, it and, usually does. And, and I think it yeah, it usually does and I think that's why what makes it so difficult to kind of go through that first phase of accepting who you are and being comfortable with that because, you know, you could be living a life of, you know, we, we live so much about how we're perceived, right? Yeah, it's all yeah. about perception. And if you can drop that, you're not perceived in the way you've been putting yourself out so much. Right. And you got to kind of make that shift. And it starts off a little slow, but damn, man, I mean, it rises like full force. Bro, when the motive changes from acceptance to ascension, Mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, imagine that. Like, I just thought of this right now, but like, so many people are focused on being accepted. And that naturally means you're sacrificing yourself for the greater good of the group. Yeah. Right? But if you start thinking about how do I ascend, right? 
everybody wants to be down with the person at the top. Absolutely. Right? But if you're at the top because of how confident you are in your own personal growth, mm. you're ascending. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to be accepted. You could just take the application and be like, all right, cool. Like, what level are you at? Right. <laughs> that, that was the big shift for me mm. internally. You know what I'm saying? Like, even after hitting rock bottom, and it came from a convo with one of my boys that was like, shout out to Parsa. He's, he's like super into finance, very strong in that realm. Uh -huh. And after I'd hit rock bottom, he kind of came over here and I, I was just starting to like, just got the spot was just like leveled up again yeah. Um, and just had like such beautiful thoughts of what I wanted to do. Mm. This whole podcast, all this shit never came from me. Mm. This came from Joe. Like I know the idea of what I wanted, but like Joe brought the idea up and I was like, all right, let's get it cool <laughs> after five days, after <laughs> four days, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but he was like, yo, and, and this conversation I had with him really kind of changed my view, which is like attributing to that thought, mm. is he was like, yo, noosh. And mind you, this is a kid that when I first got my driver's license, uh -huh. he was the first kid I picked up in my new car and we were just rocking. <laughs> oh, wow. Two years older than me, but like we were just like, yo, like P, like we good. Oh, wow. That's dope. And, you know, he's always been there with me through the thick of, like, the darkness and now, mm. right? And even when I was in high school. Like, I was always this kid. I was always this, this personality. Right. right. It's never changed. Just the identity within myself changed. Got you. Right? And, you know, we were kind of talking. He was like, look, bro, like, I see it in you. You just have this, like, laser focus and energy now. Like, I could just feel it. He's like... How can I be down with what you're doing? Mm. And at that time, the podcast hadn't even like come up. That convo with me, Joe, and Jonas hadn't even happened mm -hmm. at the crib. Wow. Right? But in that moment, I was just like, bro, you know what? I was like on my journey of like, let's just go talk to the culture again. All these people, all these cats that I've known throughout these years... I'm actually open to say that I know that I don't know you like that. Mm. Sans our energies. Wow. Right? Right. Let's just go chop. I want to get closer to your story. Yeah, understanding Even the without person. having a platform for it. Mm -hmm. And with him, I was like, bro, and it clicked to me then. I was like, bro, look, you already down with what I'm doing. Mm. That's just my love for you as a person, right? But in terms of this community that we're building, Understand this, the only way you really going to be down with me is if you continue to grow at the rate that I do mm. or want to, right? I'm not going to tell you there's a formula for you to be down with what's going on because I don't know what the fuck's going on. Mm. I just know that I want to keep growing, mm. wow. right? And you're in the finance world. I'm in this world. But know this, if you keep Focusing on becoming great at what you do, that ascension, right? Understand this. Regardless of what time it is in our lives, uh, I'll just look to my left, look to my right. You'll be there. Mm -hmm. It's not about being a part of this specifically. But, like, when I look, regardless of where we're all growing and going to, when I look over, you're going to be there if you're focused on being as great as you possibly can absolutely. be in your shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what and it's that about. was just that like <clears throat> moment. Wow. Because so many people want to kind of like be down. Absolutely. But when you when we also think about our junior high, high school, even college relationships. Right. Right. 
as much of camaraderie as we had, nobody's out there with like the same group of friends. Be. Right, right. Because we all growing. Mm-hmm. We're literally all like living different lives, growing, having different things happen. What, what, what? But the people that stay in contact with one another, it's not because of like acceptance. It's just because their lives are parallel in some ways, or they're, or like, bro, like my best friend on this planet Earth. I'll go a year or two without speaking to him. Right. But when he comes and visits his family, I'm still spending the night at his crib Dope. with his dad. That was my doctor. Right. <laughs> wow. And like having a jacuzzi night. Right, mm. right. But I don't need to text him every day. We're best friends to for life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it's more about is about having having uh, lifers. You know what I mean? Friends yeah. that are lifers. You know, so like you said, you don't have to talk to them every day. It's no. just like, you, you know, every now and then you check in, make sure somebody's good when you think of them. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be, you know, every day. Because... As you get older, you understand it can't be an everyday thing. It cannot. No. It's impossible. No, no, no. People are, you know, moving, shaking, like you working, got kids, you you know, whatever you do, yeah. it's just too busy. Totally. It really you know, is. It, 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 it's crazy how it's even hard to just get on the phone sometime with somebody. For real. Like, no, you got to have, like, I, sometimes I got to have an appointment just to get on the phone with somebody. Like, no. that's like, how bro, crazy I, it I texted is. him today. Just after we were all talking, seeing what went down down here. Right. He's in Vegas. Wow. I literally just texted him and said, yo, B, text me back. Let me know that you're just okay. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's one of those, like, bro, like, it's a trip because I feel like so many of the things we put value on is so external, mm. right? Like, we're taught, like, all this external shit. And if if we were able to really like dig deep within the trenches of us, shit would be way crazier. It would be way crazier. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a lot of people holding a lot of internal things in. You know, they're holding things in, so yeah. like they're not letting that out. You yeah, know? They, they don't have anybody to let that out too. Yeah, you know, and and that's why certain people get therapists. Yeah, you know, or they have that one person they can trust to go to. But then some people just don't have that person. No, and that's what can make you go crazy because you want to let somebody know they're crying out in some sort of way yeah, yeah, to man. somebody or to on the internet or something. But somebody's not taking heed to what they're you know to to those signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that's why you end up in situations like like in Vegas, for example, or, you know, for whatever real. it may be. But it's definitely important to, to, to try and see how people are doing, you, you know, your friends, your family, yeah. as much yeah. as you possibly can. And like, even like your own goals and aspirations. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and with that being said, when when was it for you that like that creative bug kicked back in, in your youth? Right, like that, like transition from high school, mm-hmm. right? When did that like shift and just resurgence happen? That happened when uh, we was uh, shout out to my boy JB. He uh, so like he had a, a basement with like turntables and drums set. He had a drum set down there, and me and a couple homies used to go over there a lot and just you know jam out. Mm. And it kind of started turning into like a rap group. You know what I mean? And mm. it was like. Oh, we're actually like writing rhymes now. Like we actually writing hooks and like, okay, this is kind of dope. And we we was having mad fun with it. Like it yeah. was just like a fun thing to like, do. Like take over the world type yeah. shit. Yeah, and it was just like we watched like Rap City. Yeah, you know, and, and, y'all and, in the basement. We, in the basement. Hey, you, <laughs> are you playing drums right now? 
uh, yeah, I you know I didn't like to play as much because I played so much during that moment in time. But yeah. like I wanted to like write. I was like in the oh, writing. so so you get into writing. So I started now. writing around that time. Oh, yeah, because okay. I was like I'm not gonna be a DJ. My boy JB, he was a DJ. He had the turntables. So he was a DJ. I was writing, and when they wanted me to hop on the drums, I hop on the drums. Okay. You know what I mean? So we just started doing that, and um, that's what kind of started the whole Pharaohs thing, which was like, our that was our group name, was the Pharaohs. Shout out Pharaohs. to the Pharaohs. Man, bro, that was like. Shout out to the Pharaohs. Minneapolis knows about the, about the Pharaohs. For sure. What up? What it do, though? Pharaohs in the building. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It was it was crazy because we, was, we started throwing parties, and the parties turned into, okay, we have parties now, but that means we can, we can, we can do our own performances because yeah. there are parties. Yeah, we had so many people come to our party. It was like ridiculous. Like we would pack out a place, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 it was just crazy. We perform and then it'd be cracking. You know what I mean? We, that's what we started doing. And then we're like, all right, cool. Let's start selling CDs. Like, and you're rapping at this time. I was rapping, yeah. You know, and I didn't really love it. Okay. Like I knew I was like, nah, I'm not gonna be doing this forever. Like I already yeah. knew that early on. But I was definitely writing because that was that was like therapeutic for me. Mm. Like because like you know I was still a teenager, so it was like me writing rhymes. Yeah, I just write about whatever was going on in my life, mm. and that was so therapeutic for me. It was the Dope. only way I could get out the aggression, how I was feeling, um, because at the time I didn't have equipment to make beats. So later on in life, I will find wow. out that's that was my true way of getting out my aggression and my true feelings. But at the time, I didn't have the equipment for that. So wow. writing just filled that so void. So writing, I had journals and books of just writing. I was writing poetry. I was doing just just writing, expressing, expressing myself. You know what I mean? And and getting on stage was like kind of a bit of a weird thing for me because I was a, a little bit of a shy dude. So. Okay. Getting on stage, I was kind of like, oh, I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> yeah. right. I like to be in the oh, back. Like really? back. Oh, you know? really? But uh, but I did it though, you yeah. know. And then we had a couple guys who were just like extremely good at rapping. My boy Two C was like the dopest, like, mm. and uh, he was like the main dude. But sometimes, and not to not to not to go at my dude Two C, but I'm <laughs> like, man, like I felt like he was a bit lazy. I'm like, come on, bro, like you got to write. We like we we wasn't getting enough songs done. I'm like, we uh. trying to sell. We trying to sell CDs. We wanted yeah. to do it like Master P. We wanted to like Got sell it. it out the trunk. Like we was like, <laughs> we bought the hustle because we had model. we had the people. We already had the following because of the parties. Yeah. So we were like, okay, if we can just translate that to them. You know, every time you come in, you buy a CD. You know what I mean? That's how you get in a party. You buy a CD. Wow. So then it's like, y'all, all right, y'all cool. doing the Prince album like releases like before it even before, happened. Like, yeah, we and was shout just shout out to Minnesota. Shout out man. to the Minnesota. Ooh, it was yeah. crazy. We were just on I was like, that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Prince, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like we got some like greats, like the yes. greats. Yes. Great. So, you know, doing that, shout that was that, like like, the, like project for entry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> For real, you know what I mean? Man. Yeah. So That's just, lit. you know, doing doing that was like that beginning stage yeah. of, of the true like creativity and turning that into like a business model and money and figuring that whole thing out. You know what I mean? As as teenagers, that's what we were doing, you know? And don't, that's incredible that like you kind of came up under that creating the sonic landscape sphere. Right. But then you didn't have the equipment. So you just delved into the the writing aspect Absolutely. of it. Absolutely, any way I could be creative is what I was down for. Like uh. that's all I wanted to do. And then 
you know, later on after we kind of started having so many parties, uh, we ended up getting our own club night downtown Minneapolis. I think it was called like Taboo or something. Is this still high school? This is this is um, my first year of college when oh, we so got the when we got the club night. So man. I was eighteen. Now we were all like eighteen, and uh, University of Minnesota. Yep. And yeah. We show we show one of my boys, Paul. Shout out to Paul. He ended up working at the club that we got the club night. So he kind of was like, we we strategically did this. He was mm. like, all right, I'm gonna go work at this club. He's just bar backing for a while for like a year, and he's like, all right, I'm gonna get close he with the owners, get in there. And he got cool with them, and he was like, look, we 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 throw parties, and when we throw parties, we fill it out every time. Mm. So I believe they ended up coming to one of our parties, and when they saw like what we were doing, and they were like, oh, these. These little dudes are kind of doing it, you know. What I mean? so, like, all right, we'll give you, we'll give you a night. Yep. We'll give you the worst night that we got, which was Wednesday. Oh. Worst night, bro. Nobody yeah. goes out on Wednesday in Minneapolis, especially in the winter time. Nobody goes out, right? <laughs> yeah. So they give us this night. We do Pharaoh's Night Wednesdays. We did our own commercial, which at the time was like the biggest hip hop station. B ninety six was the biggest hip hop station at the time. We had our own commercial with our own song. That's dope. And at the time, it was me and Paul rapping. Oh. We had a record called Mommy. Wow. <laughs> and the ladies will go crazy for this record. This is so funny Stop. even talking about it, bro. Stop. So we pressed up. It was like called Mommy? Of, it was called Mommy, yeah. Pete yeah. Fenimore, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so we did this record. We had it on. It was our commercial. And it was playing on, like, the main radio station, which was so crazy to us, like, being local dudes like that. Yeah. And we we filled out, like, the first night, it was, like, like packed to capacity. Wow. Like, it was, like, bananas. On a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. <sighs> and that lasted for two years. <sighs> the problem that ended up happening was because we was the young dudes. Yeah. Paul never got a contract with the owners. It's like the owners ain't going to give a contract to these little 18-year-old dudes. Right. So new ownership came in. And because the night was already implemented in, we didn't need to promote no more. Because the night was popping. It was was known. You know what I mean? The Wednesday is popping. It's popping. They were tired of giving us. The Feral Wednesdays. Yeah. Feral Wednesdays. They were tired of giving us, you know, however much they were giving us every Wednesday, a couple thousand dollars, whatever we were making. So they were just like, all right, cool, y'all are out. Like, it's no more y'all. It's no longer y'all night. Wow. And we were like, what? Like, what? just new ownership. They just felt like they didn't even give us money. No. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're changing it up. Yeah, they changed it up. They didn't want to give us them thousands of dollars no more. And at the time, that, that night got us our own studio mm. that we paid for. Got me my own equipment. Awesome. Which wow. I was able to start making beats on. You know what I mean? So I was making beats for all the fellas. We were pressing up our own CDs, doing everything on our own. You know what I mean? We were just trying to, and it just, it, it didn't, you know, it just didn't work out the way we wanted to because, it, you know, we ended up not with that night. So we, did, yeah. we weren't making as much money, you know yeah, what I mean, anymore. Yeah. But, uh, man, it was a run, though. It was definitely a run. Two we years like, is a very long time, And that's time, a blossom man. period. Yeah. Like, in, in, like, freshman year of college, like, Literally eighteen to twenty. It was crazy, man. It was it was a it was a fun it was a fun time. You know, I mean, even opening. I remember my homegirl at the time. This girl I used to talk to. She was talking to Nelly. So like every time Nelly would come in town, that was his joint. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, she used to love us and love our music. So she was always promoting and helping out. So she told Nelly about us. Like, yo, these these kids, the Pharaohs. He's like, all right. Let me let me hear. So we heard something. And I apparently he loved it. So she, I remember this call. She called me. She's like, "Yo, he wants y'all. He wants y'all to open for him when he comes to 
Minneapolis. Wow. I was like, what? Oh, what up, nerdy? And this is around the time when, I'm saying, this is the height of Nelly. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is when Nelly was like, yeah. Nelly. E-I, E-I. Bro. It was, it was crazy. So wow. and it was what's even more crazy is like I got to open for Nelly and I'm not even a rapper like that. But I, I was like on you. stage opening for Nelly in front of all these people. Oh wow. And I never forget it. It was on a Wednesday night. Oh wow. And so after that, I remember wow. walking to our club night and people driving by, like playing our record and oh, singing shit. along. That was like the first that time I felt like a, a celebrity. I was, like, yeah. I was like, yo, like, like this is wild. Like this is a celebrity moment. You yeah, know what man. I mean? Like it was crazy, man. It was it was it was a lot of fun. That's insane. Yeah, it was it was fun. That's like the quintessential Kodak moment, but like video, just like expanse in scenery. Man, and mind you, this doesn't happen in, in where we're from. It just mm-hmm. doesn't happen. You know, it, yeah. like nobody really comes out of Minneapolis and really makes it like that. Especially yeah. at that time, like you have a lot of artists now and writers and producers who are who are killing it from Minneapolis yeah. even out here. But at that time, it was like, nah, dude. Like, you mm-hmm. don't. We don't see celebrities at the walking down the street. We don't see people at the mall like that. Like, it's just unheard of. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was a big moment for us, definitely. Man, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. What, what, what? That kind of like. So after, take us through after that night ended, right? And it didn't become as. I guess like the floodgate was stopped. Right. Right. There was a dam put in front of that. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. And, and, that, and that was just, be, and, and, and mind you, like shout out to just like new operators coming in, not understanding culture. Culture, right. Right. <laughs> They're over here like, okay, bottom line, why are we paying these guys this much? Da, 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 da. Like if they were <laughs> smart, they'd understand it and then make the decision they mm-hmm. didn't. No. Mm-hmm. But so now you're like kind of in the throes of your like <clears throat> sophomore, junior year in college-esque. Yeah. Y'all got the community really bubbling. Right. It, it, I, I just feel like the based on the way that, that, that it's been kind of culminating, it's just like there's just energy. Right. Right, it's starting to become real. Right, in all aspects, it's just like mm. something like where, you know, it started as the pharaohs, right, and then it just became something like holy shit. Possibility became way more closer to reality. It, absolutely, right. Take us through that. Like, how did that start to 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 really develop? And 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 what what were those moments like? And and what was that period like after it ended? And then cats start really evaluating what that next move is. It was a, um, from what I can remember, <laughs> it was a moment of um, uh, trying to figure it out again. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's Absolutely. like, here we are up here. We feeling like we on the top of the world. We on the radio. We doing it. And it's like, we open it for Nelly. And then all of a sudden, okay, what are we doing? Yeah. You, you know, get pulls from under you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then around that time, I, I believe, um, Paul, we were he was we were, we had took a couple of trips out here to L.A. Um, and you know we had a couple of chicks out here, whatever. We were just making trips, and he there was a girl out here. That he was just like, "Yo, I'm gonna just move to L.A." And I'm mm. like, "Why are you moving to L.A., bro? Like, what? Come on, because <laughs> at, mo- at that time, and a lot of reasons why we, me and him, were kind of carrying the, the 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 load, the heavy load of the rapping, mm. was because the other homies that we had, they moved, they went to college out of state. Oh. So they, so a lot of my close friends had moved away, and it was just really me and him. Oh. 
So then after he moved to L.A., I was still in college and I was kind of by myself again. Wow. So once again, here I am in another moment of like, all right, I don't really rock with none of these college people like that. It's not really my, you know, my, my not my thing. Like, yeah. So it was like a lonely situation again for me. You know, here I had this like my homies who yeah. like rap with and, you know, kick it, whatever. Now they're gone. So I'm going to like college parties by myself or with like a couple homegirls I knew. And it just became like this lonely situation yeah. again. And um, and then from there, I don't really he, he kind of was back and forth. But at some point, um, I kind of started to think like, man, I got to like I got to get out of here. Like mm. I kind of done a little bit of everything yeah i kind of started to think that i wasn't ready at that moment but yeah. i remember thinking you that. wanted like, more i wanted more i was like okay what more can i do now like i feel like i'm pretty good as a producer now i'm getting a little bit better uh mm. but you know i gotta get better what can i do to even get better so you know? for you was a was being a producer like more the career path was that like a conscious thing because i feel in college you kind of have to start making those decisions of like what it all starts with like what do you major in and yeah, then yeah, you know yeah, there always yeah. you always hit that point where like the first couple of years you're having fun and partying but then you're like all right everyone else around me is kind of getting their shit together and the next couple of years i'm going to be out of college i got to get a job i got to start my career what is that did you have those thoughts of like was music f f that for you like as a producer like yo i want to be a producer if i'm gonna do that these this is what i need to do was that like a conscious thing i, I just didn't know I, at, at some point I knew I wanted to be a producer. I just didn't know how to do it. I didn't mm. know what to do to lead me to a point where I could sustain a living like off what, of music production. You know what, what the I mean? actual I steps were. Yeah, I didn't know Aside what Aside from were. like making beats for the pharaohs. Exactly. You're like, all right, how do I... I, I had no idea because Got I had it. never... I, there was no mentors. I had never really seen it before. Yeah. And so I remember my parents taking me to... Uh, there's this there's this music uh, college called IPR back in Minneapolis. Mm. And I remember having a, a sit down or a meeting with the with the counselor there to just kind of go over what it would mean if we went there. And I just remember it being extremely expensive oh. and it wasn't credited. Mm. So here I am. It's like, OK, if I did go here, like if something doesn't work out, I have nothing to fall back on. Mm. So it didn't make sense for me to go to a music college. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I'm going to already do music, I might as well go to college, try to do something else, mm. but still do music. So that way, if music didn't work out, I will fall back on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so Absolutely. we just decided like, like, nah, this, the music college thing is not really for me. Mm -hmm. And I could kind of tell, I was like, this ain't really my, this ain't really my bag. Like yeah. just even touring that school, I was like, nah, this ain't for me. Mm. And uh, I was like, I already do this, you know? Yeah. So, um, it was just a moment for me. I was like, all right, I got to pick something. By then I was like a junior in college. I'm like, I got to pick something now. And at that moment I thought I really like history. I was like, oh, I might be a history teacher. I don't know. That's what I kind of pick. I started taking history courses, which is so crazy, dude. So crazy, like, bro. You're like, like, like I just, just, just the mentality that, and that's the thing with like being in college is like the mentality you have to pick something. Got to pick something. And you have this dream of like, all right, this is what I, what my passion is, but there's really no like school that teaches you how to be a music producer. Exactly. At that time, at, that at time, least, yeah. Especially in Minnesota. Exactly, bro. <laughs> so it's like, all right, well, what, what else am I into? 
history. <laughs> like, like, like you see the, the, yeah. the opposite ends of the that, man. Ends. And that's so real, though. It's so real. You know? You're just trying to figure it out as a college student. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like history. I like learning about things in history. So I guess I should be a history teacher. Like, <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah. But, you know, I started taking those courses. And I'm like, nah, this ain't for me either. Mm. Then the, 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 the real moment for me that happened, I started taking a world music class in college. Mm. And... When I was in that, when I was in class for that, I remember not even paying attention because all I could think about was music outside of this classroom. I'm and once again, I'm writing ideas in the class, like in class, yeah. like, but I'm in music class and I can't even pay attention in a music class. And I'm like, you know what? There's something else that's calling me. There's something else that I need to be doing. Like, I don't need to be in a classroom. That was like that moment for me. And I called my dad and I said, uh, I said, dad, like. Um, I, I I can't do this anymore. I can I can I can no longer go to college. I have to do music. It's in me. I have to do it. And he told me, you know what, son? I already know. Wow. He's like, I already know. This this is what you were born to do. Go do it. He said, you know what? It's gonna be the hardest thing you've ever done, but go do it. Which shout out to your father right shout there, out to pops. Because man, like we put this weight on college, just um. Just like culturally in the in the U.S., right? Yeah. We put this weight on college like it's a prerequisite to any job in the world. Right. No matter what the fuck you major in, right. if you go to college, then you can get a job. Right. It's just it, it's it's such a um, it's such a weird thing it's that a, it's really a facade. I mean, really, it is. It, I mean, yeah, you can go to college, get a degree in something. And it can work out for you. But, you know, if you're just going to go, that's not the way. Like, you don't need to be spending that type of money on, on it at all. Yeah, it's like you pay the money and do the four years to basically have a backup plan if you don't know your direction. Like, shout exactly. out to, to people who really, like, know what they're doing and understand, like, all right, in these four years, this is exactly what I'm going to study. Gonna it, yep. And I'm going to boom, boom, boom. And it, it launches them. Exactly. But for a, hu a lot of people, that doesn't really happen. Yeah. Especially like, creative. exactly, yeah. especially creatives. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're like going to the three music schools like NYU, Berkeley, or like USC. Exactly. You're not really, there's no like place that takes you to that next level or, or builds that um, into the music world. And even still, those, those schools, right, there's a balance between like that structure because I feel like the world of academia builds that structure in people, right? Yeah. And there's something in which the the confines of structure can really help somebody, and the confines of structure can really hinder somebody yeah, I, in terms of like, bro, like I just want to expand. I don't need to be technically sound. I want to explore. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's the divide when it comes to truly creative beings. And, do, do, yeah. and those people, you know, and if you're one of those people listening right now and you're one of those creatives, then you need to just go create. Like, that's how I look at it. it like, 100%. Like, it'll work out for you. You know what I mean? Because if you're already that driven in whatever field that you want to do, like, whatever you're trying to figure out, if you're an artist, just go do it because it, it will just work out. You'll you'll wake up every morning and and be happy, you know. You'll, you'll even like when I was broke, like dead, dead, dead broke, living off like peanut butter crackers, mm. you know, for a year straight. Like I woke up every morning happy, mm. even though I had not a 
not a dollar to my name. Like I was still happy. Yeah. I was more happy than when I had a little bit of money in my account, being in college and working a job. Yeah. You know, because I was, I, I knew I was working towards something like something great. I felt it in me. Well, there's definitely that element of faith, right? Like it's all it is. That that and that that's what drives you. Like I went to. I went to UC Santa Cruz my first year and a half. And like the first year was party central. I got a D in music class and I just like wanted to do music. Right. But like just to show you where my head was at. Yeah. And the second year I was like, all right, I got to do something different. I moved to New York, um, tried to do music there and got into this like faux music business program at this school where they just taught you like music classes and then business classes and called it music business. (laughs) I was like, all right, all right. I feel you. I'm learning like business marketing here and I'm learning like Bach piano over here. Like let's combine those worlds. But I took it and then like, but I got into the industry and what drove me was my choice. My decision was made a long time ago Mm. was I wanted to be a musician. Like it just, it actually fucked that. It wasn't even a want. It's just like, I'm a musician mm-hmm. and every decision that happens is because of that's who I am. Uh, okay. And I think wh- wherever that takes you, like you said, you just have to do it. You're put in that position where you have to make those changes and you can't live that conventional lifestyle because there's really, I mean, at least back then, there was no structure for that. There was, there was right. no like plan where let's insert you into this program and you come out doing this. Yeah. It just it, it didn't no. exist. And, and even, if the, even if those programs are there, it's still not guaranteed. It's still not guaranteed. You know, it, it boils down to the individual. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. You, you still have to be a grinder. You still got to hustle. And yes. You and know. to that point, right, the creative path Look, it, it, it's wild when you look at parents and like somebody says, I want to be a creative and they look at you and go, like, oh my God, no, right? Because it's one of those things where, yes, it's a very arduous, unforgiving, uncertain pathway. Like, especially in this day and age, like if anybody's like really like battling that, I truly feel like you have to really look at yourself in the mirror mm. and make that decision. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't have to do with you telling your friends that and then being like fuck yeah, like go get it. It doesn't have to do with how it sounds. Mm. Because how things sound always sound great. But if a motherfucker is going to take that path whether they make it or not, and that's always a reality. Yeah. Right? You may not make it, right? But that shouldn't be the thing that stops somebody. I feel like those that really choose to pursue a creative pathway as opposed to your standard academic really carry a far bigger burden on themselves than anybody in in the comfort of academia get a job and kind of build off that. Like, let's just make that a big reality in that the artist grind as beautiful and as you know uh you know dreamlike as it may be <laughs> is really for a person that is willing to die for it absolutely and it's funny you say that cuz i always would say that to myself like like 
I'll die for this. I would I would say that on a like daily basis. Like I'll die for this music. Like like this because you, you have to say that and because you don't know what you're gonna go through. You have it's to like, believe you that. have to believe that. You know what I mean? And if you believe that, then anything you go through is easy. Yeah. Well, exactly like being broke, it, it's so funny when you're talking about like eating peanut butter crackers. And that's why I kind of brought up like you're you're living through this like faith that it's gonna happen right yeah. and that's what drives you that's what wakes you up that's what gets you through you being broke isn't like shit dude like who gives a fuck when that's leading you right like it really isn't like we're, everyone's broke that's yeah. just that that's part of it but it's it's come so secondary but what's crazy about that is that's the biggest fear mm. you know people don't do that or don't pursue those things because they're scared of being broke they want the comfort you know? they need that comfort and yeah. and you realize like once you do it, yeah, like things are going to be hard. Like, fuck, man. I would order a pizza on Monday because like off the special, off, like off hours, and I would be like a slice a day for the week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for real. <Yeah. laughs> you know, like, but who cares? You're not thinking about the fucking, what you're going to eat. You're thinking about making the music making that you're trying music. to do. It's just yeah, like, it, every, it just it's... comes secondary. There's not much to fear at that moment. Right. You know, because you're driven by something so much bigger. Absolutely. Man, it's it's uh, you know another thing too that's interesting is like the intentions of a person. Like, mm. if if uh if your intentions, if you're saying I'm a creative person, but your intentions are to make money and whatever that the you spoils, know, that, the, yeah, whatever you're going into, like most likely it doesn't work out because your intentions are to make money. So. Uh, when, as soon as you hit like a roadblock, as soon as something happens or a year or two or three goes by, most of those people, they fade out because the money was driving them. The money was driving yeah. them. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, for me, money was never a factor in it. Mm. I didn't even, I didn't even think about money. I didn't no. even think about grant. I didn't even, to be honest, I had never even watched the Grammys until I think I got to LA. I didn't even know what a Grammy was until I started uh, wow. being in like writing sessions and this one writer, this girl, she was like, oh, I got to win a Grammy so bad. I'm like, and I was thinking about like, what, what's the Grammy? Oh, yeah, 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 the Grammy. Like, I, but I had never watched it up until that point. Yeah. Yeah. Like growing up, I didn't, I didn't know that wasn't things. an aspiration. That wasn't an aspiration for me. Money and Grammys was never an aspiration for no. me, ever. It was always like the music, being creative, like what can I do to like make the dopest like music ever in life? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's what kept me up at night was was that and solely that. And that's the only reason why, you know, I believe that uh, you know, I've gotten to where I've gotten to in, in my career is because my intentions were not money. My intentions weren't driven by, you know, other worldly possessions. You know, it was like making the greatest music I could ever make, mm -hmm. period. You know, and with that, it, that's what drives me every day to be better. Absolutely. You know, it's not all of these things that I've gotten from it. It's like, no, nah, like, how can I get better? Yeah. yeah. Constantly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like half the time I'm like, I go crazy. I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm pacing back and forth and my wife's like you good she's like you know she's like always asking me like are, are, you, are you all right like yeah or he's just having a moment like she knows me like i just have my moments where i'm up super late at night and i'm writing down ideas i'm making a beat i'm going through these you know these things i just do weird things just because it's in me though yeah you know it's it's i just let i let it lead me i never tried to lead it mm. you feel me so like i just I just go with the flow, yeah. You know, and and I think that's why it's really just 
worked out for me. Yeah, when you give in to that, man, that that's and that's like I think one of the the challenges that a lot of people can go through because you do have to kind of let go. You have to. If you're if you're going to make anything of yourself, you have to, especially man. in this industry, like you can't go into it like, "All right, Here's my five-year plan. Ready? Bro, yeah. And I've like, heard a lot of people do that. No, yeah. it's just, this, isn't the, this isn't that world. You. Like you have, oh, to com- you have to commit to yourself and like let go of what you think your lifestyle or everything should be and just focus on this is who you are. This is, this is like what fulfills you. And if you're cool with not making money for a little bit. And you have to value that. You really do that. I'm not, and I'm, I don't say that lightly. Like yeah. making money is a very important thing for most of society. For sure, absolutely. And that's great. If you choose to do something in the creative world, most likely it's not going to pop off like that for quite a while. Yeah. So, yeah, and it and it might pop off early or it might not. It, yeah. Right. Everybody's situation sure. is different. You just have to know when it pops off. And it, it, but it can't even like, be like a factor of the equation. It's absolutely. like whether exactly. it does or it doesn't, like it's let real, go of that. Let go of yeah, that. Exactly. And be you and then if it comes, wonderful Mazel Tov. I love you. Ooh. Yeah. And if, Ooh, but there it, you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but but if it doesn't, like trust in this that like it's probably gonna come just a little later. Just a little yeah. later, yeah, man. And even in that process, you still have to survive as a human. As a, yeah. Like and and That's you a know real test. for real yeah. and like you know I love David Dan for 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 bringing this up in this manner is that he was like bro fuck the starving artist mentality mm. like good for y'all yeah right like yes we're like it's you're gonna be a starving artist but you still have to live yeah. yeah. You still have to take care of your own responsibilities. So all this like, oh, no, like it's all. No, you got to figure out how to make something work Yeah. in the interim. It's not just like, oh, we're going to make it and we know. No. no. Yeah. You have responsibilities as, you know, to yourself, right? And one of the, one of the like most brilliant things, out, like, and now that we're into this with, with the whole you know, had the convo with Pops, I'm leaving, you know, I, I can't do this. And then naturally it had to have been a move to a location. Yeah. Right. But one I feel like one of the most brilliant um and poignant, you know, moments in your story is is that you also met the love of your life before this whole process started. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, t- take us through, take us through that moment because I feel like that's a very pivotal scenario in all of this kind of coming together and 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 in the wildest of uncertain times. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Uh, meeting my wife, bro, is just like um, I had a, a a friend of mine, a homie who used to rap, Fick. He um, I was producing for him at the time, and you know we had this tape we put out called Rocky versus Fick. That was like another like big thing in the city, and he was performing and uh, brought me on stage, and um, and I saw her out in the audience, and you know I, I had known every female in Minneapolis. Like yeah, it's, you know it's a, it's a city, but it's a small city, Absolutely. so we, we all kind of know each other, and uh, but I didn't I didn't know her. 
So I was looking at from stage. I'm like looking at her like, hold on, who is Shorty right here? Like, <laughs> like, hold on, okay. And and I think I had might have been tipsy or something. Like, yeah. I get off stage and I walk right up to her like, yo, you want a friend? And she started laughing, <laughs> right? Super corny. But it was more just like being funny, you know? What yeah. I mean? like, and so she started laughing. She's like, yeah. So we like go back by the bar and we're just chopping up. She gave me her number. We exchanged, we exchanged numbers or whatever. I waited a week, called her, talked to her for three hours, which wow. I had never... Up until that point, I had never really done that before, yeah. especially just meeting somebody new. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like off the bat, it was yeah. like some sort of connection I had never felt before. It was like post creative playerism, like yeah, yeah, yeah. actualizing. Yeah, the players. I like that. Oh, uh, yeah, man. So, you know, from there, it was like me and her started to build. And at the time, I was like, man, this came at a weird time for me because. You know, I'm still running around the streets, got something here, got something there. You know what I'm saying? Like, but at the end of the day, it was like I still knew that she was special and and you know, we we built something and she was like a huge part of like I could tell like early on she was like gonna be a part of my life. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And just like even supporting me and like in music. And one of the main reasons why I felt like she supported me in music was because she pushed me. To, to to new levels and new heights, you know what mm. I mean? And like very important. I, like I used to play her my beats, and she told me one day she was like, "Why do you put chimes in every beat?" Love like that. I'm just like, oh, snap. like nobody had really like kind of like challenged me yeah. in that way, you know? And I just kind of felt like, whoa, like that's crazy. Because up until that point, everybody's like, "Yo, Rocky, you dope, you dope, yeah. you dope." That's all I heard. Big up, big up, big yeah, up. Yeah, and up. I never got like a big head because I always, I never felt like I was good enough. Yeah, yeah, you were hungry. I was so hungry, but by her telling me that, yeah. I was like, oh man, she notices. Like, right, <laughs> yeah. like, damn, like, she like, caught me. Damn. Caught yeah. Me. So I was just like, all right, cool. Like, not only is she dope in her own way and what she does, and she's a grinder herself. But like she challenges me, you know yeah. what I mean? That really showed me something new. There's growth you know, potential. It was exactly. It was, it was just something different. So, um, so yeah, man, we we built we built something from there. And there was a time when I I hit another situation where I was like, you know what, man, I don't even want I don't even want a girlfriend no more. Like I'm back on my music grind. Even though she had been there and supported me, I was like, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to be with her no more. Mm. So I broke up with her. And two weeks went by with me not thinking about it, not even whatever, right? I had a dream, and this dream, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something about, like, me, I was supposed to be with her. For whatever wow. reason, I remember this dream was like, it woke me up at 6 in the morning, and it was like, what did you do? Like, you messed up. You were supposed to be with her. Wow. I call her now. I called her at 6 in the morning. She accidentally picks up. She was, oh, on, the phone. Wow. She was on the phone with her dad at the time. And she uh, she accidentally picks up. She was not supposed to pick up my phone call. Wow. Because that's just who she was. She wasn't a girl that, like... Like oh like oh he's calling I'm, me oh, he's again. He's calling me. I'm gonna pick up. Or, yeah. yeah. She didn't hit me those two weeks. She was already dating. She oh, was. She's like. Wow. She's like. Oh, you don't. Okay, cool. She's like, yeah. That's how she was. Yeah, like, good you for know, you. She had her time when she was like crying, but she wasn't. Yeah. I didn't know that. You know what I mean? So I mm. caught her and I was just like, yo. She was like, what's up? Like. <laughs> she's like. Yeah. I, I just had to let her like, yo, like I just wanna. Uh, can I take you to lunch? <laughs> and she was like, I don't know. And I was like, I just, I need to, I need to talk to you. She's like, all right, cool. So I brought her some flowers, went to lunch. There you go. Mind you, she doesn't like flowers. 
I so she you. let me know. I don't Yo. like flowers. Why you bring me to? I don't like flowers. I'm like, man, that's why I like you. Like, I'm <laughs> with you. like you keep it a hundred. Like, you keep it a buck with me. I love that. And so, because uh, I thought it was corny anyway, bringing flowers. But I was like, just trying <laughs> right. to do in my mind what I thought was what the right way. What a man and a woman should, should do was yeah. this like. Yeah, exactly. So we did that and, and we had a conversation. She just told me, she was like, if I get back with you, don't ever do this to me again. Wow. And I, I was like, you know what? All right, cool. Yeah, that's not some real shit. It, never did it to her again. I was like, I'm going to marry this girl. You know what I mean? Mm, wow. And that's, that's we went to the next level, got married, went to L.A. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And, you're, and, and so y'all got married and you're fresh on your journey. Moving to LA, super fresh. Like this is super. something that a lot of a lot of like aspiring musicians do not go through. Right, right. You have you've created a union with somebody that you know is special, and you're gonna build your life with. Build a life, right? And you haven't even like gotten to a semblance of stability, <laughs> bro. Let, let, let me put <laughs> let, let, let me put this into perspective for Please you. Please okay? do so. When we got married, yeah. she had everything together. Okay. She had a car. She had bought a house with her cousin. Wow. Oh, wow. She had a, a career, not a job. A career. a career. She was a teacher. Okay. All set. Me, I had nothing, bro. <laughs> nothing. No car. Shout no out crib, to Queen, though. No nothing. Nothing. Yep. All I, I had at the time, I had like a. a you had a dollar and a dream. I had a dollar Lightweight. and a dream. That's all I had, bro. Yeah. That's all I had. And uh, from then, it was just like. She was willing to give up all of that to move to L.A. with me. Wow. She gave up. She sold her house. We drove the, her car that she had bought out here. Yeah. And she gave up her career to come out here and try to get eyeball jobs. Because mm. when you transfer from, from, when you're a teacher in Minneapolis, you can't just come out here and the start teaching. The school districts They're different. Credentials. Yeah, they're different. She didn't have her master's degree yet. So mm. she had to have a master's degree and all that to even begin to try to teach out here. Wow. She had to come out here and start from ground zero. Damn. She did that for me. Wow. Yeah, because she believed in my dream. Incredible. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I and had shout, And shout out to you also, though, because, like, that's a very strong woman. Absolutely. Right? But that's also not the type of woman that would just believe in some fickle boy's dream. Right. True. Exactly. Right. She had to truly believe that you believed she had as much believe. as she did. Like yeah. that that's the gorgeousness of this scenario. Right. Right. You're not just having like, you know, it, it's just some like girl that's like, Oh, you wanna be a producer? Cool. Like right. she had her career like she had her life set. Exactly. And she wasn't playing little boy games nah, anymore. Nah, man. This was real life. But that dedication, was... like, look, I will uproot this be and and yo, shout out to Queen for believing in you and your dream and y'all's union enough to say, you know what? This is one of those moments where I'm going to need to take the sacrifice. Right. Mm. Exactly. <sighs> boy, oh boy. I tell you that, that was a crazy moment. Yeah. <laughs> like just even for me, like as a man coming to LA and like sleeping in her friend's bed, mm. her friend was happened to be out of the country at that time. So she was like, oh, I got a crib. I got an apartment in Hollywood. Y'all can stay there for a couple of weeks while I'm gone. And me being a man and wanting to take care of my family and sleeping in a girl's bed. I, I've never met, mind you. 
in some random person's apartment. Yeah. Like honeymoon period. Yeah, honeymoon period, <laughs> mind you. Literally. Yeah, like I'm thinking it, like that first night I'll never forget. Like I didn't even barely sleep. I'm like, no, I gotta get I gotta get out of this situation. Wow. This yeah. is real life. Responsibilities. Yeah. Like real life, bro. Like either you go and sell some beats and get some hits, or it's just it's not it's not gonna work. Yeah. But what I told myself was when I leave Minneapolis, I'm never going back. Uh, so I knew I would I I would never be comfortable again. Got it. You know what I mean? So mm. I knew I had to make Regardless it work. of the discomfort, yeah, you'll I never be comfortable. I had to make it work. I had, no matter what, I had to make it work here. Mm. It was life and death. It was life and death, bro. Damn. It was life and death. With with the world of responsibility. With the world. And, and, and It wasn't just you anymore. Like, I'm just going to lock and, in. Like, I don't care about anything. Like, this, that. It was you and also you and somebody. And which a was wife. your partner in yeah. life. That had it all together. I had it all together. That had to be like crazy pressure in your world also, bro. bro it's crazy because like you think about doing something like music or anything creative where you pretty much have to be single. Like, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. kind of like the consensus. Like, yo, I can't. The conventional. The yeah, conventional. Yeah, yeah. I can't wisdom. be in a relationship right now because I'm, I'm just an artist and I'm doing this yeah. and I'm, you know, sure. all these things. That's yeah. just like, no, nope, you don't got time for that. But you actually... Before you even got started, you're like locking this down, boom. Yep. And now, and it's just so, that's such a, a very unconventional way of doing it because yeah. the level of responsibility, it's not about you anymore. Right. You, it, the risk is so much larger. When you're on your own, you know, my friend's father had like this, this really good line that stuck with me. He was like, he said, when you're, when you're all alone, you're not tied down to anything. Uh, my friend's father had like this dope quote. Like he was complaining about just like his life and shit, and his father said, "Shut the fuck up! <laughs> you have one mouth to feed, and you don't even need to feed it that well." Wow! <laughs> facts, super facts. You know? yeah. <laughs> and like, Yo, that's like a whoa. Yeah, yeah that's, and yeah. when he told me that, that stuck with me so much because it's so true. Like when you're by yourself, you can kick it on eating like a Big Mac a day and yeah. just like top ramen, yeah, yeah, whatever, and it doesn't matter like at all. Right, you have nothing. You could do it, but when you're tied to someone, it becomes very real, very quick. Very real, man. Very so what? So so now you're in L.A. What was that very real, very quick? Let's go vibe for you. What were those? What, what was that moment? And what'd you do? It was the first day we got here. That was the that was that moment that I felt like yeah. like let's get it. You know, like I pulled my computer out and I made three beats that day, like mm. or that afternoon. Like I I remember those beats too. Like I was trying to get to it um, because the reason I had I had we chose that time to go to LA was because I, um, DJ Khalil, who's a mentor of mine and super producer, <laughs> super um, producer. he wanted to sign me. So he and wanted to sign me to a deal. And was this and before you moved into LA? This was so yeah. Like he, we had a conversation before I had moved to LA okay. about that. And, um, and because I had interned for him for about four to five months before I had moved to LA, I came to LA intern for him got it and 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 when i had left the internship i sent him some beats and he called me which he never did you know what i mean i was like yo he he must have butt dialed me this gotta be wrong yeah. like, so i pick up and he's like kind of stuttering like yo yeah, yeah like like the beats you just sent like 
man, these are crazy. And mm. I was like kind of blown away. Like, this is like who I really looked up to. Wow. You know, and, and he's like, I want to do a deal with you. Mind you, I had no idea what, what like this was even going to happen. I just was sending them the beast to just show them what I worked on. Yeah. Like, I wasn't even thinking that. So like, I want to do a deal with you. And I'm, mm. I was like, wait, what? A deal? Like, what, what does that even mean? Like, yeah. you know, he's like, he's like, man, we can, we can make it work. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, whatever we need to do, let's make it happen. And I remember talking to my wife. I was like, uh, or my fiance at the time, she was just like, um, let's go. Let's go. Let's get married and let's go. Wow. And we, then we left. Like, like the day after we got married, she, you know, we left. The day after y'all got yeah. married. That's like, I amazing, think like man. what happened was she, she left first, came out here, started trying to find a job and try to find a place, flew back. And then we drove back together. Wow. Yeah. Yo, yo. And so when I got to LA, I had something already set in place, mm. you know, ready to go. But, it was my second contract, you know. I had I had a first one with uh, Troy Hudson. Shout out to Troy Hudson, the NBA player, mm. uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. He had a label <laughs> situation. I had oh, signed wow. him for two years. Oh wow! Um, so I had kind of knew kind of how that works just from that situation and how long contracts could take. Yeah, got you. So when I got to LA, I was a little bit prepared, but at the same time, I was like, man, it took a long time. To get the lawyer situation, you'd experience and, that, yeah, the and just like deal that. with that, and it's get, not just getting signed and we good, and we good. No, it's no. like waiting for the first, the front end, and you uh, know, because I needed that money just to move into a place, sure. Because you got to understand, like, like coming to LA like that fast, we didn't have money saved up. Matter of fact, when we got here, I remember looking at my bank account. I had two hundred dollars. That's all I had. Shit. That was it. I had one more check coming from a job I had. And that was it. Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? So I needed that money more than ever. You know what I mean? So it's just like waiting for that front end so we can move in and uh, move into a place. You mm-hmm. know, you think front end, back end, security deposit. You know, yeah. you got you need like four or five grand to move move in LA. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, back at home, you need eight hundred dollars and you straight. <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm but but they're, here, here like, they're like uh first month, last month, month deposit. deposit. They're yeah. like first month, last month, ah fuck it, just pay us the whole year. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they need ten grand. I'm like, oh man. So I was waiting on that. That took from from what I can remember, about three months. Got it. And that was, you know, we were just bouncing around like it was just like one of them situations. It was like tough, you know, slept in the car one. Time. It was like like and newlywed, newlyweds, man, <sighs> like just doing it together, you know. And in every situation, we always made it funny. Like it always became a joke. Like, oh, we had to sleep in the car last night, and then we just started roasting each other or roasting. Like, she had on something funny. I'm like, babe, you had that on for two days straight. And then we come, like, a roast session, wow. and that's how we just kept we kept saying that way. Wow. What's crazy is that, like, with being married, at least, like, I've even fallen victim to this mentality. It's like, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to get married until uh, I make X amount of money, and I'm in this place <laughs> in my life, and then I'm going to find a girl, and happy life uh, this is the standard for like real though it is no, for real it's, it really the, is. it's the protocol yeah. i and, need to be set i need to have this yeah. in line and, and you, that in line and yeah. you, you guys just not only like broke the mold but like used it this new mold to launch you guys into this and and feed off it and let it drive you and let and team up and be a squad together right to to push both you and make it happen Man, and i think that's more the reality of like what it really means to be with somebody and and the the greatness of like what relationships can really do absolutely exactly bro. absolutely it's, it's, there's no feel there's no better feeling than like going through that but then like 
like being able to make enough money to support my family and go take my wife shopping or buy her whatever she wants. <sighs> or, you know, we went to Paris last last year together, you know, based off music. Wow. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm able to like do these things for her now, which in the beginning, no. But yeah. in your car. it's like, but now we and then we we sit back and we laugh and we're always talking about these like they, remember when we did this remember when this happened remember yeah. and it's way better because it's like if i would have waited till now till like i had a career and i'm making money then it's like all right does shorty really want me for me or just is she yeah. want me for who i am or like yeah, right. what are your intentions yeah. yeah then it gets a bit more fuzzy absolutely you feel me so it's I, I just think it's better if you got something that you down with and you know she down stick with it and ride the way yeah. together you know mm. i feel like a lot of people even when it comes to relationships are are, are so are, are much more worried about what their peers think than they actually do absolutely you know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. the good enoughs and the this enoughs and the that enoughs. And it's like it becomes so external that it's foreign already. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, look, at the end of the day, any relationship is a sacrifice. It's right. two people having the sacrifice for one another. Exactly. And let's be honest, bro. Like there are relationships that work and there are those that doesn't, that don't. You know, there are those that doesn't and all that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where people have to grow together. Right. That's just with friendship, with anything. Like, let's look at like a, a, a marriage, marriage or best of friends that become and build a union and, and this and that. That's yeah. the ideal scope, right? Absolutely. But people just have to be able to grow together, right? And, you know, sometimes that happens, sometimes that doesn't. But, like, the ability to be able to, like, understand one another and communicate in these realms. And especially, like, thinking about how down y'all were for one another to be able to, you know, get married, pick up and move on a quickness. Right. You know what I'm saying? And deal with the throes of the uncertainty of the patriarch to bees. It takes career, yeah. It, right, it, it, it takes two strong individuals absolutely. because you had to also carry the burden of your manliness <laughs> for real, absolutely, and your it's craft true. to be able to support your wife, yeah. right? But also support your dreams. And she had to be able to be understanding and empathetic enough to know that if this is going to work down the line, A. First of all, I wouldn't be here if I did not believe in him. Right. And secondly, I will go through this period because I believe in him and we will make this work. Yep. Because the ideology and the understanding is the same. It had nothing to do with what it looks like. Because if it had anything to do with what it looked like, y'all would have been fucked. We would have been get go. Exactly. It right? wouldn't, it would, we wouldn't have lasted for a month. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it had to do with what it could become. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It what helped too is was was doing therapy before we got married. Wow. So you don't, you know, a lot of people wait until um, shit goes around. It goes wrong, but what you do is you do therapy before you get married. And we did therapy with my parents, awesome. which was, which was, you know, it's like, all right, y'all already got this figured out, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, let's just chop it up. Like, my, I remember my pops telling, telling my wife, like, look, 
you know what he's trying to do. He wants to he wants to be uh, in music. He wants to be in the music business. It's going to be hard for you. Mm. It's going to be extremely hard for you. And I remember her wow, telling me. she was prepared. She was prepared for that. She told me, she said, if I wouldn't have had that conversation with your dad, I don't know if I would have been able to withstand how long it took for you to make it. Wow. But because of that conversation, it really put things into perspective for yeah. me. Yeah. Just you saying know? something like that, like, yeah. and not coming from you. Right. Like, coming from yes. you, it would be like a complaint, like, oh, a little longer, a little wow. longer. A little. Exactly. But coming from your father, someone who is the first person who believed in you to right. do that, to do which that. is still crazy to me that that yeah, is for real. so yeah. lit. And, and then to to have that, like, as the cornerstone, and then to her, to feed that to her is like someone who is an authoritative figure yep. that not only is like giving you the approval, but also setting those expectations. Right. <sighs> That's bro. a special person. He is. For real. Really Man. Is. Everybody in your world is special, bro. Man. Like, I, like I, shout I, out to the universe that was built around you. Man, and shout out to <laughs> your growth. Now I want to kind of get into the throes of, Young producer in LA mm-hmm. making a name. Right. Right. Shout out to the fact, like, you know, I feel like it's, it's absolutely brilliant that you experienced a contract, right? You experienced, so an NBA player, what, was starting a label, like, mm-hmm. y'all met, brought you on, was like, yo, let's sign you, right? What, yeah, he saw me. He saw me and, my, and uh, my guy selling CDs on the street. We'd be downtown. He just saw our hustle. So he, you know, and then he heard the name of the the kid Fick I was working with, who I did that Rocky versus Fick tape with, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he liked it. He rocked with it heavy. So you know, he, he wanted to have a meeting, and that's what turned into that. And then he's like, I want to do a deal with you and some sort of production deal, and 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 did that. And it was at the time it was me and my manager. Shout out to Mark Webster, man. He's like my homie. Mark Webster, what a dude, he, uh, boy. Yeah, yeah, he good dude. He was managing me at the time, and. Uh, we was just in this thing together, you know, yeah. just me and him mm-hmm. rocking it out. So that was kind of like the first introduction to that contract and dealing with somebody who's worth, you know, more than $30 million yeah. Yeah. and dealing with his world and really understanding that whole thing because I had never been around a millionaire yeah. like that. Mm, so just being around the money, being around the VIP constantly, the, yeah. the you know, the, the whole world. You know, it's just like, you know, really seeing what that was like. Yeah. You know, it was a dope introduction for me mm-hmm. because I was able to see that before I got to L.A. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, you also feel- saw that it could be taken away. Exactly. Um, like, it's, it's crazy, like, that experience in, I guess, the reality of what it is, right? When you came out, and and it's a testament to you to, like, so you would intern with Khalil after that. After that, yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's a testament to you to be, to have a taste of a scenario like that. And it's crazy because, like, the athlete world is different because they have, so, they have so much money in terms of direct right. that they're kind of looking at this as leisure, but it's hella dope, but they have the ability to spend <laughs> funds exactly. where it's not becoming a burden on their finances exactly. until they start to, like, Get to a level, you know <laughs> right, what I'm saying? Right, right. And, yeah, and, but for you, you could tell it was about the craft mm-hmm. because you'd come in a scenario, you'd seen some things, you'd seen some money, you'd also seen some like the spoils of it, if you will. Right. Um, but to be able to go from that 
and see somebody that you idolize in that way, which is uh, Khalil, mm-hmm. who's a fucking god level in this yeah, music I mean, shit, I mean, for real. Like, Le- legend. Legendary. Legend. Legendary, bro. Right? But to be able to like take yourself back and say, you know what, like I want to intern and I want to get better. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the ability to say that and, and bring yourself... Not down, but I want to say humble one's own ego. Absolutely. Right? In the, for the opportunity cost of growth. And then I have that type of relationship where it's like, you know, you were probably just a fly on the wall. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't say too much, but soak it all in. And then for have you to have that moment where you sent the batch over and for him to hit you. And you'd be like, this cannot be him actually hitting me. Like, (laughs) hello. And he's actually talking to you. And you're like, oh, shit, wait. This isn't one of those moments. (laughs) And then come out. How was that, you know, got married, came out here, knowing what deals look like, knowing what the, the waiting game and also the negotiating game looks like? You're already privy to that, but it's still new. You're right. Right? It's still like, okay, like this happened here, but... The the landscape is different. Yeah. Um, how were those initial years, and and what what was it that kind of helped you keep pushing through? And you know, first of all, what what was it that helped you keep pushing through? And when was that moment where it started to become more real? What helped me keep pushing was never being satisfied. You know, mm-hmm. constantly wanting to be better, and never feeling like, oh, I made it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. never being like, oh, this is it. This is yeah. like even when I signed my my deal with with Troy Hudson, it was like I knew that was a learning experience for me. You know, interning for Khalil, I knew that was like just a learning experience, growth. and I just it was all about growth for me. Like, mm-hmm. like just getting better, getting better, getting better. That's all I that's all I ever cared about was 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 how can I grow, how can I be better mm-hmm. to 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 better my craft and to make the best music possible. That's that's always what it boiled down to for me. So for me, it was always easy to kind of bring it back down. You know, after, you. after 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 Troy Hudson, it was like, all right, let me bring it down. Let me intern now. And it was like, okay, cool. And let me sign a deal. But I know this is not the end road. I know I'm not gonna. I don't want to be signing him forever. Yeah. But I want to use this again to as learn a as a platform. Yeah. So now let's try to make some records, and I want to make something that you know, it's going to be great with him. You know what I mean? And then from there, I want to move on. Like I never, every situation I've ever been in, I've never been like, oh, this is it. This is it. Oh, I got this studio over here in Hollywood. This is it. I'm going to be here forever. Nah, bro. Like I know that this is a a temporary thing. It's a stepping stone. Mm. Every every time I've made like a move in my career, it's always been a stepping stone. You know, that's such an important part because you can get caught up so easily in being in those environments where you feel like you're the person you're working for. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, where your job is your worth. Yeah. Where, where, where your like a like where your credits are, are your found, like the baseline of who you are as a person. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Oh, I'm signed to Troy Hudson's label. So now I am Troy Hudson. Right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like or even I interned like, for DJ Khalil. So like I'm Khalil. I'm Khalil. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like I have his accolades and I have this because I, but like pe- people instantly get caught up with that. And yeah. you know, uh, especially coming out to LA. And I think like that was so valuable for you to have that experience with Troy yeah. because it did show you what 
that kind of life was like because when you come here it's a like wild west like crazy, crazy freak man. show yeah absolutely um but you can get caught caught up so much in the lifestyle and i think when people set out to do music you kind of always come to those crossroads with yourself of right. dealing with your own ego and your own career because you could be rolling with like a lot of people that are very successful and you're going home to your like broke down studio apartment with no AC. Exactly. You know, it's a weird dichotomy. You could be, you know, literally partying at the club, VIP, bottles, people throwing money around and you're like, damn, I don't know. Should I get the pepperoni? No, I'm not going to get it. I'm just going with cheese. I don't want to spend the extra 39 cents. Like that's real. It's real. It's so real. Bro. You know, and... That's like that's that's this crazy shit that goes on. So yeah. you do have to kind of step back and think about the mentality of like if you have, I mean, which you were lucky to have, a quality of yours that like luckily you had that. Right. Where you're like, okay, this is a stepping stone. Let me just not get caught up in this and let me learn. Let me just like kick back and see this and be among it. And um and take as much from it as you can for yourself. Right. That's really the mentality to have. Exactly. Um, but it, it, it's it can get it can get difficult. It, it get it, blurry, it, man. It can get very blurry, real, real quick. I've seen it happen to numerous people. Yeah. Numerous people, that especially come out here from Minneapolis, you know, and they just get caught up in the lifestyle and yeah. they see the cars, the women, the money. Yeah. You know, it's easy to get next to somebody who is a celebrity or somebody that's famous and you know you're in a situation like you said like in a club and they're throwing money and you start to feel like you're that person mm -hmm. you know you're like oh that's me like oh i'm i'm throwing this person's money but i never every situation i've ever been in like that i've always been like that's not my money like i don't care like yeah. i'm just here kicking it i'll take a free drink but i'm not like it can be like a drug it can be like a drug yeah man it's yeah. it's like it's yeah definitely a drug yeah you definitely. get used to you're like oh shit this is like it's the ego man it's the ego it's yeah. that that ego of just like yeah, i'm popping off when, yeah. you're, when you're really not when you're, but really you're around not. other people that are yeah and that is like the world of the music industry. Right. That's this crazy, insane thing that we live in. So when you were using these tools as a stepping stone, I'll ask this. Did you come to a point where making money and really building your career started to have more importance than kind of learning at that point where you're like, all right, yeah. I've done my learning. I'm, I'm at this level. I got to take it up a notch because I've kind of paid my dues. Yep. Absolutely. I, I need it. Very, not my dudes, very need, not my dudes need to pay yeah. me. You yeah, 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 for real. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. definitely. Uh, that moment was actually after my internship. Mm -hmm. And that was when I felt like I um, I was ready to go. So when I had signed with Khalil, I was, I was in there. I was working every day. Like, this is when he had, like, a one-person studio type thing just for him. So he made, like, a little, like, makeshift little area for me with a desk and everything. And I was just going. Like, he made the I, lowercase b room. Man, seriously, bro. Like, 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 <laughs> it, was, it was it was pretty crazy. I would I would I would work until like I, I couldn't work no more. And even then I wow. would just I wouldn't leave that desk. That like and I remember the first time he left me at his studio by himself, he left and I was like, I'm not leaving from this chair until he gets back. 
Ooh. Wow. He was gone for hours and I was like hungry because I was already uncomfortable because I didn't want him to walk in and I was like in an area that made him uncomfortable. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So like if, if I'm walking to the bathroom and I'm walking back and he walks through the door, it might look like I was, I was on his computer going through beats. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I always right. thought about those things. So wow. I said, I'm going to sit here until he get back and I'm going to make beats and I'm going to show him what I worked on. And that's what I did. It was just a grind, man. It was just like, you know. Uh, How was that relationship between y'all two? I mean, it was great, man. We got along. We got along really well because our personalities are very similar. So I'm very aware of of kind of how to be around him because yeah. I would like somebody to do the same thing for me mm. if I was in his position. Got you. So it was real easy. You know, we never got into arguments. It was, it was like, never it like was a like situation. Sensei student it was type. Absolutely. Like perfect. Yeah, man. I was I was super just like whatever you need me to do or not do, I'll do that. Got you know it. what I'm saying? If you want me to leave the room when you when the clips walk in the room, I'll leave the room. Whatever you you know what I'm saying? Whatever makes got you it. more comfortable, I don't mind doing that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And when he had you know, big rappers, big singers come into the studio. I'm in a corner chilling. Like, this is not my time. Got it. I've had a situation where I think it was Busta Rhymes wanted a record for me. And I was like, you know, you got you got to talk to Khalil. This is wow. This is not, you know what I'm saying? Like, just off of just respect. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, that, that respect, that almost like protocol. That it's reciprocal like, respect. Protocol. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, this is not, first of all, it's not my studio. It's not my situation. Yeah. I'm signed to him. I'm still learning. So whatever business needs to happen, you want beats from me, you got to hit Khalil. Mm -hmm. And if that takes all year, if it takes forever, that's on him. That's nothing that I can't, I, yeah. I have to just be Fuck. humble and just, yeah. and just go with the flow, whatever it may be. He had to have respected that to the max too, though. Like, I mean, on that's, some, like that's why we friends to this day. Yeah. I think what a discipline, though. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. and, and that goes such a long For way. For real discipline, though. Yeah, I mean, in, in business, like, and that's the thing, too. The music industry is so small. If you have to, you have to have that business acumen to understand because if you don't, if you don't understand those lines and that protocol and how to, like, act and know when your time is and know like where the line starts and, and, and where it and ends. And look, and sometimes silence is too long. Yeah. Right? So it's like understanding yep. that exactly. true wave. Cause like that like sensei student can only last for too so long. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, and I'll and I'll tell you the moment where that changed. Let's go. Let's so go. the time I'll never forget this moment, man. So uh, up until this point I had uh I had you know, been quiet and not really kind of making a move until he was ready for me to make yeah. a move. You know what I mean? Just got, I don't want to get in his way. Yeah. But the moment that changed was when we were just in the studio, me and him were working. He gets a phone call from Dre, right? He picks up the phone. He's like, oh, shit, it's Dre. So he leaves the room, right? We were working. We had just pulled up an idea that uh, his group, the New Royals, had sent. Who are incredible, by the way. Who are incredible, by the way. <laughs> for me. And... and uh, Something told me, and I believe this was God, told me, this is your time. Go up there, start making the beat. I went up there, I started make, I started playing keys, I started doing the drums, I did everything, right? I just was going crazy. I was, I'm going to just make the beat. He came back, and I was just like, man, I, I started the idea. I hope that's cool. He was like, word? Let me hear it. Press play on him. And he was like going crazy, like, yo, this is, this is insane. And he sits down, he starts layering things, doing his thing. Next thing you know, that record ends up being Won't Back Down for Eminem featuring wow. Pink. That was the moment that I was like, okay. Wow. I, I went there. I was like, it's time for me to 
step out of being a student the and just go. The student became the disciple. Right. Wow. That was the moment for me. Wow. Absolutely. And that record changed my life, man. Like, And like the crazy thing about that record changing your life, like that moment changed your life. That moment changed my and life. And listening to like whatever that was in you, just like the same thing that told you to, to hey, fall but, back. But Busta, talk to Khalil. That's, yeah, that same back. instinct told you, I'm starting. Yep. That's humongous. It's deep, man. man. And, it, and it's crazy because, like, there's such a fine line between these narratives, such right? Such a fine line, bro. It's one of those things, <laughs> for real, though. Like, that, like I, I, you know, in my position, like, you know, chubby Persian kids, scholarship to USC, getting thrown into music, doing, like, management shit with, like, you and I, all them. My parents could never see it because they were like, you went to this establishment, and you're working in urban music, and uh-huh. you're still paying your dues. Right. Right. But for creatives, it's one of those things where it's really, it's a tightrope that you're always walking on. And the tightrope is literally between oneself and their ego, and also the external world and their ego. Yep. Right. And I feel like it's very rare that somebody finds the balance. And it's also, difficult. there's no right or wrong point. <laughs> right. It really has to come from within. within. You got to just know, like, you got to trust yourself and know, all right, either this is the move or I, or it's not the move. Or yeah. I should say something. or I, Like, you got to know when it's that time. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I, I just, I give all credit to God knowing that, like, with, within me, I know he's in me and it's just like, all right, I'll just follow I follow that intuition, which yeah. I know is him, because every time I make that 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 move and I follow that, it works out yes. every single time. And bro. I think I think you know, and this is an assumption that I'm gonna make, uh-huh. right? And this is the beauty of conversation and communicating. But like, what I truly feel based on what I've what I've heard from you, and just like what I know of you as a person, um, and your story and how it all translates, is it also came from your focus on the craft. Right. Because when a craftsman understand that, understands that their indentured servitude, servitude is up, mm. they're also going to start speaking in a different light. Mm. Right. It, it may not be, let me go start my own shop, but it may also be like, let me tell my sensei that I'm ready to fight. Mm-hmm. Beside him. Mm-hmm. Instead of behind him. Absolutely. Right. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fucking You hit that lit. on the nail, bro. Yeah. That's, that's the perfect analogy for, for real. That. But, but, yeah. but, that, but that's also because your focus was the craft. Right. Right. And to be honest, you were under the tutelage of one of the ultimate craftsmen. Yep. Great use of the word tutelage. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> hey. hey. Yeah. But for real, though. And that's fucking gorgeous, bro. Yeah, man. After that moment, what, what was there a shift within you? Like, what, what what was that like? Just and and this is all just craftsmanship because, yeah. like, that had to be a moment where it's like, yo, what Dre's on the phone? Wait, M and Pink. Wait, right. smash of a record. Oh. Wait. My teacher 
I started without him. Right. Instead of him chastising me and being like, bro, what the fuck you doing? He was like, let me hear it. Yeah, like excited and then, too. And, yeah. and then he came in like, okay. It was like Neo in the Matrix type shit. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like you actually, like you were the one and he, shout out to like you being Neo, him being Morpheus, <laughs> right? He'd already taken you to Oracle and she's like, he's the one. And you still Ooh. finding that. And then it just became Ooh. like that moment. How, what did that do for, that that moment do for you in terms of confidence and how did that kind of just like start to build that wave within you man that that was like the ultimate like confidence booster mm. for me at the moment just knowing that okay my intuition was right you know what i'm saying I mean, what i laid down on the keys is right all right cool um this is working like i need to listen to to my intuition more like it was validated it was validated i'm on the right path you know what i mean all the things that i've been trying to figure out like i felt like that was the moment that was like all right and also that like you could be and perform at an elite level yes absolutely like this is eminem like this is this is one of the greatest rappers of our time yeah yeah i mean like that that proving to yourself i mean especially for producers you're kind of like always (laughs) looking for like that hit, that that one song that like really gets you to that next level. It's almost a physical thing that happens, yeah. you know. And everybody talks about that hit of what somebody else's hit does for them, right? Instead yeah. of, yo, we crafted this hit, yeah. Mm. And like when you're when you're when you hear a song that you made, like that's going to the top artist in the world, <laughs> it's got to prove to yourself. Okay, I'm doing something right. This On a is, very like high level. Regardless of whatever like money or credits or all the regardless of all that, just like what it does for yourself, like you being in a car once and sleeping there to this all led up to this moment. Man. And now you're a professional. Mm. You're not just secondary, you are a professional producer. Yep. And just like when you go through medical school and you become a doctor or any other profession where you cross over and now you're a professional, yeah, yeah. like there is that moment where you could do this for your life. Yeah. Like it, you're, yeah. this is what you can do like now. Like the residency becomes and, and, real. And, 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 that, and even that record, that for me, that moment, I don't even think it happened with that record because... Wow. I still felt like, okay, this is Khalil's record. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still signed to Khalil. Nobody knows who I am. Mm-hmm. I was super excited to go look at the credits, though, and see my name. Yeah. You know, that was like a big moment for me. Yeah. My city, my parents, my... It was like, yo, like, you know, keyboards and drum programming by Rocky. I'm like, what? Like, this is crazy. But there was still that moment where it didn't say produced by Rocky. It didn't say, you know what I mean? It didn't have those things that for me, and I was very grateful for that. And I, and I would, I love that moment. But once again, it was (laughs) Uh. a short lived thing for me. It was like, this is great, but I got to keep it pushing. Yeah. You know, and I needed to see. It was a stepping stone. It was a stepping stone. Another one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, know, and it's like, I always say, it's like when you kind of enter the like, uh, you're like the rookie, right? You ent- but you're in the NBA. You're not in the, the college league. You're not in the D league. 
You're in the NBA, but you're just like. But you on the bench. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're there. But you're there. You, you six hey, man, you six man, six of, the man of the year. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you tell everyone I, I'm in the NBA <laughs> and you're playing at that level and, yeah. and all those things are very real and it's a huge fucking moment for yourself and everything else going on. Right. But now mm-hmm. it's like, now it's go time. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and that was, that, was, that was the beginning. And then from there, it was just like being in sessions with him and. With the artists, you know, we work with game for, you know, forever. Like, that was like a dope did you, moment. Did you me. feel like there was a shift in y'all's relationship the moment that you started taking, I guess, ownership of your intuition? Or was it still like, all right, let's keep moving? It, was, um, it wasn't really a shift. It was just... It was just like understanding. Let's, this is understanding. Got like it. we got this together. Yeah, got it. And what's cool about that moment is, see, like seeing Khalil genuinely happy for me. Mm. Awesome. You know, it wasn't even about that's big. It was. It, it's it's huge. Your mentor. Yeah. He, like yeah. he was so happy for me. Yeah. Oh. You know, like, like in this situation, when I found out that Eminem was taking the record was when I had my first son. Khalil came to the hospital to bring me and my wife flowers and to congratulate us. He said, we got on Eminem's album. Wow. You'll be getting a check. Oh, wow. Mind you, I, didn't, I couldn't pay rent the next oh, month. <laughs> For real. I couldn't pay rent the next month. Yeah. And so that was the situation that over. was it. All right, y'all. Joe's out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of the first times Joe's walked off the podcast. You feel me? Wow. It's just all these moments, man. It's just like, yeah, man. So, you know, we 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 worked for the next two years and, you know, worked with numerous artists. And yeah. I saw him go mix the Clips record, the... Uh, What's the song he did with Con- <laughs> Clips and Kanye? Uh, kind of like a big deal. Mm. I learned so much from just that mixing session alone. I, d- I had nothing to do with that record, but just going there, and, there. And, and, and seeing how you mix a song and why he was so frustrated about this one thing and this thing. And I'm like, I'm internalizing all this and it's just making me a better producer, a better God producer, man. every situation, you know? So, you know, we, we, the two years ended and we, uh, I didn't want to resign. In my mind, I was like, I don't, I don't want to. I hope he doesn't want to. And wow. I remember this meeting because I didn't want him to feel like, uh, you know, any sort of way about it. You know Got what it. I mean? Yeah. I, I just, I, like, I was ready to go. I was ready to go on my own. Got and it. I wanted, I was I already had a studio I had found for like 500 bucks that I could afford at the time. I was like, I want this studio and I want to be able to just work on my own and do my own thing. Mm. And we had the meeting and I remember his manager told me, all right, cool. So, um, you know, we, we love what, what you've done with us for the past two years. It's been a great relationship, but we don't want to continue the contract. And I was like, thank you, God. This is Yo, amazing. Wow. And I was like, you know what? Thank you guys so much for what you did and Got bringing it. me in. And, da, 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 da. Appreciate and from there, it was like a perfect wow. situation. Perfect. You know what I mean? It couldn't have ended no any better. Feelings, no types no of feelings. No types of feelings. No awkwardness. Wonderful. Nothing. It was the best. You were ever. like, "Thank y'all for the opportunity. I appreciate it." No, like, it, it, it was, ended on that. It was a perfect stepping it was a stone. Perfect stepping Got stone. everything you wanted out of everything. it. Everything. Yeah, for yourself, from just for your and growth. not locked in like to yeah to anything. I was ready to Beautiful. go and, and go, and that was like the beginning of me just being on my own, and just I was like, "I'm ready to be a producer now." You wow. know what I mean? Damn. 
For real. Take us through the throws of that. That was another, like, (laughs) yeah, another grind period. Yeah. You know, because no longer do I have. You got a record and, like, what that, like, all the nuances, let's just be, we'll bypass those. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you still growing. Still growing. And it's still about the craft. And it's still about the craft. And it's still about the hustle. Yeah. You know, people think, oh, you had this, you had that. He's making this money. You don't know what I'm making. Like, yeah. all this money is being made, uh, being paid out to my rent and my new studio and my car and all these things that I now have to, have to sustain. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so, so being on my own, it's like I have to, now I have to, a business I have to take care of mm-hmm. along with my family and my newborn son. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I don't have Khalil to, you know, Khalil was paying all the studio rent. I was just yeah. showing up making beats. Now it's like, I got to have my own computer. I got to have my own speakers. I got to have everything on my own. Yeah. You know? So at this time, my wife leaves. She goes back to Minneapolis. Wow. And stays with my folks to get her master's degree. We let go of the apartment we had. I lived in my $500 studio in Hollywood. Wow. And it was a, it was a closet. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had a love seat in there, a love seat couch. You couldn't even open the door all the way. That's how <laughs> small. God. That's how small it was. Yeah. <laughs> and I slept on that for like eight months straight. Wow. And I had a computer on like a TV stand and two speakers, and that's all I had. That's all I had. Beautiful. And from there, I went. I just went. I went crazy, like making beats every day. I had to find places to shower. I had to catch a city bus because my car went out on me. And this is after you had this is after a record. This. And I with, love, see, I love that because you know that 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 is so that's so real because it's like it just shows you, like in any business or anything you do, like you it, this has to be a sustainable thing. Yes, exactly. Like you don't yes like, keyword. Yeah, you don't just like you have one song that takes off and you're good for life, and like all of a sudden you got the house in Malibu yeah. with, the, right. with the three cars. And yeah. Like no, it doesn't happen like that. Getting it's, royalties in perpetuity, right. like it doesn't work like yeah. that. And especially like, going off on your own, like you don't have that um, that support of even the business filtering through. Exactly. You know, it, I think people face. I think when you go off and try to uh, do something on your own. You're associated so much with something. Mm-hmm. And for a second, you're like, I'm going to do this on my own. And hopefully all that will like help me here. Yeah. And some of it does, but you kind of learn quickly that most of it doesn't really. It all still, hinges on you. You still right. have to grind. You still have to prove yourself. You still have to do very high quality work. You still have to get your beats out there or get your clients or really. You still have to manage expectations. And also still kind of there's a level i think of proving yourself without all the other stuff like yeah, proving right. yourself like to yourself like are you really dope or <laughs> for real yeah well, you have to do that every day it's like were you yeah. really dope or are you were you dope because, because of, of that mm. exactly like, and I, I dealt with like that. i trust I you with that. i trust you with that but on your own I dealt with that every single day it was mm. like all right did what i do was that really just khalil and the new royales am i really like that good, you know, can I really do this on my own? 
you know, and that's what I dealt with every single day. And wow. mind you, my family's gone. They're in, my wife's getting a master's degree. She brought my son with, with her. And it's just me. Mm. So once again, I'm alone, yeah. you know, and, 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 and just trying to manage that. Like, I remember when Eminem won the Grammys for, for that, for the recovery album. And I remember being in the studio, getting crazy texts, crazy tweets. I hadn't showered for two or three days. I was musty. <laughs> wow. Boy, it was like crazy. I'm going through. Everybody's like, "Oh my God, congratulations, you made it!" Da, 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 da. And you know, like Khalil, Khalil went to the Grammys. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to go because they were like, "Oh, it costs X amount of dollars to go." And You're I wasn't, like, mm-hmm. I wasn't a producer. They didn't give me tickets for it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was just like, "All right, cool." Khalil was like, "We're gonna go out to eat afterwards. You should pop in." So I was just like, man, I don't want to do it because I got to catch the bus, man. This is like really wow. like making me feel certain. I got to like find the best outfit that I can possibly find. You know, I was so poor. I didn't really have much. Like With a Grammy. With a Grammy. Like like I had to call. Hold on. I had Let's to run the back. <laughs> with a Grammy. Exactly. Y- y'all sending texts like, oh, shit, you on. Oh, shit, congratulations <laughs> on your Grammy. Something that a lot of producers never get anyways. You, like, got the Grammy. But I'm musty. Musty. <laughs> but I'm musty, bro. Don't know where the money's Don't coming from. Don't know where the money's coming from. Don't want to go to the dinner <laughs> to celebrate. Because I'm musty and I, and I got to catch the bus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I called one of my <laughs> homies, man. Like, shout out to Jathan. He came through and scooped me. And, uh, and he was like, I'll, I'll come pick you up. And Because he lived downtown, brought me downtown, went to the dinner. And I just still just remember feeling like, what am I even doing here? Like I show up, everybody's already there. It's just kind of like, man, I gotta, I gotta, be, I gotta be better. I gotta, wow. I gotta be great. You know, it just it, everything just fueled me. Mm. You know, then I drank too much that night. Then I got sick. <laughs> then I had to sleep on the homie's couch. Sick. <laughs> it, it's like all oh, these sick and musty, bro. Yeah. Like, like, come on. With a Grammy. <laughs> With a Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> Mama! Oh, man. For real. It's, it's like, it's crazy. Challenging time. Challenging For real. time. But that's life. It's life. Every, just life just went on, and, and every day was just, you know, a new day. You just got to make something of it, you know? Now, did, did eventually, like, I mean, obviously did, but, like, going through that and continuing to kind of persevere and working and working and working and just letting the element of time using that and and let these one step build into another did things eventually start to change gradually or was there another big moment that launched you uh it it was it was definitely i always look at my career as like a gradual thing like Mm -hmm. it's never really been I mean, until the whole Kendrick Lamar thing, that was like the big launch for me. But up until then, it was just like gradual little pick-me-uppers here and there. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, snap. Like, Talib Kweli hit me on Twitter and he loved a track that he got. Or like, like I was get a lot of people were like taking my beats and like putting them on Worldstar at the time and putting them on mixtapes. And I go to Worldstar. I'm like, hold on, that's my track. Like, it was like those things that like would happen to me a lot, but... They were still pick me ups for me because I'm like, oh snap, 50 Cent rapped on my record mm. or such and such rapped on my beat. Like, wow. as whack as it is that I didn't get paid for it yeah. and that they just threw it out, mm-hmm. man, they that means they that means I'm doing something right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those were like the pick me ups. Yeah, moments. it's a gift and the curse curse moments for me. You know what I mean? But they, but for me, it was like, all right, I'm 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 on the right path at least. I knew yeah. that much. Yeah, you know. 
which you need those moments like you need those little victories and i think like we got to give more value to those little victories because if we're only looking for the big thing that's going to create what we think our dreams are yeah we miss all those little things all the little ones yeah you also had another like grammy moment though too like non-musty Non-musty, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, let's yeah. go. Let, let, let's talk about the non-musty. Yeah, let's talk about the non-musty time. So, uh, fast forward. Um, I've been working with Kendrick. I worked on Kendrick with uh, Good Kid, Mad City. So I did Black Boy Fly, mm. and that was a Grammy moment for me. It was my first time at the Grammys, but you know, as everybody knows, we didn't win anything because Macklemore swept the yeah. Grammys that year. So. That was a crazy moment for me. And I remember just being like, man, like, I'm here at the Grammys, but this moment isn't really mine. Once again, I don't really feel like I'm supposed to be there. Like, Black Boy Fly was a bonus track. I wasn't really on the album. Mm. It was just one of those things for me. I was just, like, on the red carpet, but I wasn't really feeling it. Can we take it to, like, how that even came about? Like, I remember, like, when we were talking, it it was one of those moments where, what was it, grandmother, the aunt, like, at the like, yeah, like just yeah. the moments of proximity be like yeah, is yeah. how all this works out. Yeah, absolutely. Like we, uh, um, when I had met Kendrick, we would uh, he would hit me up to to mix the record. Like it, he would tweak it here and there. So every time he tweaked the record, he called me to come through to the studio because he wanted me to be involved, which I think is incredible. Like incredible. That, that's, I knew that kid was a genius. Then I'm like the way he's crafting these records. I'm like yeah. he's a genius. Anyway, so he he hit me. And at this time, this was before we, we were like in between stages. My wife had just got back from getting her master's degree. We were staying with my auntie who lives in Gardena. Mm. My mom is from LA, LA. So I have family in Gardena and in Compton. Oh, cool. So we, uh, I was staying with my auntie in Gardena. And I remember he hit me like, yo, I'm at the studio. And I was like, oh, man, we didn't have a car at the time again. So <laughs> I'm like, man, where's the studio at? He hits me like. We had Top Studio, which is like in Gardena. Mm. Find out it's right up the street, like a mile <laughs> away. I'm like, thank awesome. you, God. Yo. Like, like this, like it's like four minutes What's away. Like, he's like, ooh, whoa. Yeah, it's right up the street. So I had to get my auntie's car. Shout out to my auntie, my auntie Jojo, man. She let me uh, use the whip to go to the <laughs> studio. <laughs> Shout and, out to Auntie Jojo. Auntie Jojo. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was like the beginning stages of me and me and Dot really just like building a relationship and working together, you know, and and uh, it went from there. So that, like I said, that was like the first Grammy moment. Yeah. And then after that, it was kind of like okay, on to album two, uh, to Pimp a Butterfly, and we had just I had just went to the studio with him, and we were just like chopping it up. It was just me and him, like just chopping it up his homies. And, Talking about our life, talking about the struggle, like yeah. sleeping on couches, sleeping on floors. Like mm. we both, you know, had a lot of similarities in, in, uh, when it comes to that. And uh, I remember just playing him these ideas I had, which they weren't beats. They were just, I was working with a band at the time and we was just like a bunch of ideas. It was like 50 ideas, but I knew they were amazing, but I was like, I never knew what we could do with them. You know mm. what I mean? Like, cause they weren't beats. And they weren't song structures. It was more like sound like samples. You know what Got I mean? You. So I played it for him and he went crazy. He was like, this is exactly what I want the album to sound like. Mm, wow. And he was like, so can we fly the band out here? I was like, absolutely. Let's, let's go. <laughs> so we did that. I had to construct the band. For him to be able to say that too. Can we fly the band out yeah, here? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He already on. He, yep. Yeah. It's, it, it's a game where it's like you should be like you have hitters in that section. It's like y'all should be like happy to be coming like doing something to 
go out of your way to work with me. He's saying, can y'all fly the band up? Yeah. Exactly. And mind you, about three or four of those band members, for whatever reason, didn't want to do it. Oh, wow. Because I'm, they Whoa. just were like really skeptical. Like, is this real? I don't know. Is this da 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 So one, one kid, and I'm still working with him to this day. Shout out to my guy, Keith. Keith, what it do? Keith. He, uh, he was like, oh, yeah, I'll come through. I'll take a chance. Got flown out here, and I had to make a, a new band. So my mm, brother ended wow. up playing bass. Keith was a guitar player. We found a new drummer. Uh, it was like we, my boy Sam Barsh was on keys. Like we had to just figure, I had to figure it out. Wow. And it worked out. And it just so well. Like it's it just crazy how it worked out, man. But like I, I thought I was going to lose something for a second because I'm like, Hold on, this is the biggest rapper in the world right now. Y'all yeah. saying no? It's crazy. Wow. Y'all you are got re- no's. Got no's. <sighs> like, I, I couldn't believe it. And no one knows. Couldn't believe it. Crazy. But, you know, it, it ended up working out, and, and Kendrick put him up nice. Put <laughs> him up in the nicest. Like, they were living, like, it was good. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like, a thank you. Yeah, man. It was a good situation for them. And it was great because Kendrick was there at the studio every day. So he's popping in. You know, they get to be around him. And, you know, the energy is right. The energy is right. It's immersive creativity. Exactly, man. It was, you know, Soundwave's there. Terrace Martin's there. We got musicians everywhere. Saxophone players, bass players. It's just like one of those moments in time where you know whatever we're making is about to be great. It was that it was that moment. And I was like, you know what? I had that feeling like this is the this oh. is the this is my moment. I'm about yeah. to really take charge in it. Mm. And I didn't sleep, man. Like what I did was to get sleep, I would sleep in uh my Uber rides. And I would just knock out because <laughs> wow. we would be there till four or five in the morning. Mm. And I had my second son at this time. And wow. he was a baby. He was a baby. So I had to I had to babysit, <laughs> I had to go home and babysit him at like six or seven in the morning. Because my wife was working. Wow. And then we had sitters every now and then, but it wasn't consistent. Y'all still didn't have that. We didn't. It just Ima- wasn't. No, but imagine the reality of life. Bro. Yeah. Like, like, oh. <laughs> like, cats talk about, like, the hotels in France and this, that. Right, right, right. Like, cats working on it. You're still a husband. Yeah. A father. A producer. <laughs> A caretaker for the youngs that you brought on, right? And you're still doing this. It's not like you lamping in the hills and you got sitters on call. Working to pimp a butterfly, and this is to pimp a butterfly time. It was, it was was crazy. It was grind. And one thing I've always told myself is, it's always been a rule for myself: you never leave before uh, the artist leaves. Wow. So we're at the studio. You have to stay until. But there were just times when I, ha- I literally had to leave, you know, and there were times I'd fall asleep. You know, like, I, like I, that was one thing. I never fell asleep in the studio. But there was one time in particular, boy, like, <laughs> I try, this dude, Kendrick, I'm like, come on, come on, Dot. Like, you got you to gotta get tired of something. Like, like, this is getting kind of crazy. Like, so I, I was like falling asleep and I wake up and he's still writing. Mm. Fall asleep, wake up, he's still writing. I'm like, dude, it's like 5 a.m. Wow. I have to literally be back by 7 a.m. to son. watch my son. So I had to bounce. I was like, yo, dog, I got to go watch my son. But he understands. Like, yeah. he knows what it is about me. So it Absolutely. wasn't even like a big deal. Yeah. But, you know, it, even for me, it was just like such a grind. I just, I didn't sleep at all during that like six month period of To Pimper Butterfly. It was, it was craziness. And then that had, to be, ele- that had and, to be electric, though. 
It was electric, bro. It like was, it, li- it, it electric. literally had to be electric. Oh, it was like, electric. Yeah. It really was. It like, really was. Everybody knowing that there's something really special going on. Yeah. And even for mm-hmm. you to be like, have this rule of I'm not leaving until the artist does. And sometimes having to break that just because <laughs> the stamina in that. But like just hearing about like that just had to be electric. Bro, it was that's what kept me up. I mean, that's how I was able to I was just running off adrenaline the entire time. Just excited and working with the biggest artists in the world and I know it's gonna be something great. So yeah. if I keep going yeah. and going hard, I know it's gonna work out, whatever's gonna happen. Yeah. You know. So, you know, we're working on the album and and um I'm trying to think of kind of what we end up doing, like 40 ideas. It's just the band. We just did like a crazy amount of ideas. And, you know, it just came to the point in time where it was like, all right, we've recorded enough and Dot needed a single. So it was like, all right, cool. Like, I remember he was like, yo, like, I want to do this, um, like this Ozzy Brothers flip or whatever. And I was like, all right, whatever you want to do, let's do it. We got the band here. Let's do it. He called me and he's like, when, we, when you come in today, let's, let's do it. I was like, all right, cool. So we, I go in, he had already started like writing like a verse or he had like something in his head already. So I had to get the band straight, you know, I'm like, all right, cool, we're going to do it just like this, da, 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 right? We get this like foundation and then we take it to the other room because we had two rooms going at the same time. It was like yeah. A room was the band, B room was his area. So we get this foundation of the beginning, we take it to the B room and I remember I had to go back to the band for some reason and I remember walking into uh, Kendrick's studio room and I remember before I even walked in, I remember hearing, I done been through a whole lot. And I was like, I was like, yo, whatever this is, because I didn't even realize it was like, what we had just did. I was like, but whatever this is, this sounds fire. You know what I'm saying? And I walked in and I was like, oh shit, he already got like a whole verse done. Like, And then from there, it was just like, every day we would, we would, we would work on it. You know what I mean? Work on it little by here, like little bit here, a little bit there. Then I was like, okay, cool, we're gonna flip it at the end. So then like I did like that baseline part like in the lobby of Interscope, just like it came to me. And then I was like, okay, cool. Thundercats in the other room. I was like, yo, can you play this real quick? He's like, yeah, what you want me to play? I was like, I just played this baseline thing on the keyboard, but I want it real bass. He's like, I got yeah. you. I was like, but I'm gonna give you one take. <laughs> one take is all we're getting. He's like, all right, cool, let's do it. And he did it. And that's the take that's on the wow on the on the record. You know what I'm saying? That's, so all like, you, that's all you need from him anyway. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's such a he's such an incredible musician. It's like, yeah. you don't need two, three takes. No, you're like, he's going to kill it. You know he's going to kill it. What <laughs> take? But yeah, man, we just worked on it little by little by little. And then I remember the call I got from him. He was like, yo, I just left a meeting with with uh, Dre and, and, and Jimmy Iovine. And they, they played it back to back like like 10 times. They made me run it back. Mm. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, it's going to be a single. <sighs> I was like, what? A single? I ain't never had a single like that before. Produced by. Produced by. I never, I didn't, I didn't know what that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like that moment. And then I remember playing the record for Khalil before it came out and seeing his face. I wanted, I wanted the validation from my mentor. Like, I hope he likes it. Played it for him, and then just like that validation, like he was like, "Yo, this is gonna be big." And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, "What?" Like that—that that was like crazy for me. It's crazy because you're so in it, right? Right. The, you're like for the past six months, you've been so in it, like you don't even know 
like how other people are gonna pr- like uh, receive this receive thing. This, exactly. You know, I had no idea. I had no idea. No idea. Because we. W- I just had to. I ain't heard that in a while. That's crazy. I just had to. <laughs> I'm sorry I wasn't blasting. I just had to. I just had to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. That's uh yeah, we was in it, man. And and then the record came out and we were still I was still going every day because the album wasn't done because the single came out first. Mm. So I remember that moment just like being an Uber on the way to the studio when it was like that premiere mm. and that well, actually, that morning my phone was blowing up. It was like four in the morning because they dropped it East Coast time, so they oh, they gosh. had it first. And for some odd reason, I don't know why this happened, but my name got tagged to the to the record. Which you know, I'm an unknown producer, so yeah. there's no reason. It, it's like it, it'd be different if it was like produced by Timberland, produced by yeah. Pharrell. They, yeah. they want to put that name Rocky on the beat. They want to, yeah, they want to, <laughs> they want to put that name attached to it. But me, it was like I was a, you know, I was an unknown producer. So for my name to get attached to the record somehow, that's how everybody like knew. I, my Twitter was going great, like wow, crazy. Mm. So my wife woke woke up like, babe, is there an emergency? Your phone won't stop buzzing. <laughs> I woke up and I looked at my phone because I didn't realize they were releasing it oh, then. I looked wow. at my phone I was like, what? And I was scrolling like, new Kendrick Lamar single, ah, did it. I'm like scrolling and scrolling and so I'm like, what is going on right now? Oh. And that day was crazy because I'm in the Uber and they're playing it on the radio like crazy. <laughs> I'm headed to the studio. We got to finish the album still. Still grind time. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm chilling and, yeah. and oh, we can you, sit you, back you, and you enjoy didn't, it. You didn't go to Tulum and have a shrimp cocktail yeah. like waiting for you already. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're still in the Uber and to finish the album. You gotta finish, and I'm still tired. <laughs> you didn't even like it, it wasn't unbeknownst to you. It dropped that day, and your phone's going off, yeah. and your wife's like, "What's going on?" Yeah, it was. This it, is real life. It was real life, man. It was. It was real life. So we had to finish the album. Had to finish the record. Uh, Institutionalized that I did with him also with Snoop and, and Bilal on yep. there. And then um, that was actually the first one. He had he that that stood the test of times. He had that like. Three months before we even began working wow. on Butterfly, so that just lasted for like the full year and ended up working out. So we had to finish that record, and there was a, a third one potentially that I was gonna have. I, I had the intro for a while, and there was another record that they, they, those joints didn't make it. But um, but yeah, man, it was just like you know we had to grind it out and finish the album, and next thing you know, we back at the Grammys that next year, you know. And it was time. How'd that feel? That was an amazing moment. That yeah. was like the moment I was like, all right, cool. I brought my wife with me. That yeah. was the first time she came. And You felt like you should be there. Yeah. Exactly. You knew yeah. damn well you were supposed I, I, I to be there. I was supposed to be there. It was produced what, by what, me. What, what, <laughs> yeah. what, produced. What was that like for your parents? Oh, man. They were they were over the moon. I mean, it was just that moment like, what? Like, my, not, my, not only did my son go to the Grammys for the second year in a row, 
But when I won and actually yeah. went up on stage and accepted, you know, I actually had a speech. What's even crazy about that moment is uh, Jimmy Jam presented that award. Wow. He, he walked up before they started doing our category. And when he walked up, I said, I said, God, you playing. I said, God, you you playing right now. You, <laughs> Yo. you, you up there having fun. Like oh. this is I was like, there's no way he's there. Like, I'm about to win a Grammy. Like Jimmy Jam's about to hand me a Grammy. Like, like Minneapolis legend. Wow. Yeah. Like, hold on. This doesn't even full like, circle. Full circle, bro. Like, whoa. Yeah. And then they say, you know, he he opens the envelope and winner is I. I'm like, what? Yo. And it was just me and my wife there because Kendrick didn't go that year. Wow. So it was I was the only one there. You, wow. So I went up That's to right. I went up to um to do the acceptance speech. What, what was that like just walking up there? It was crazy, bro. I I, I could like I was just <laughs> Yeah, it's just blank. I, it's just blank. Yeah. You don't even blank. you don't even you can't even believe like <laughs> even, even talking about it now, it's like what? Like yeah. I want a Grammy? Like it's so weird. Yeah. Like that is a surreal, surreal moment, right? You know. And then I remember giving during my acceptance speech, I remember giving Jimmy a shout out, like, like whoa, like first of all, let's clap for her. Jimmy <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah. hold on, like you know what I'm saying? And and then you know, cause I and I said like being from Minneapolis, this is a crazy thing that he just gave me the Grammy. And and then afterwards, I remember he was like, man, like congratulations he's like you're gonna want this and then he gave me the envelope that he opened to wow. you know what i mean so i have that to this i have that at the studio to Incredible. this day you know so just like it's just those moments you know is like a god yeah. you know what i mean it's like there's, there's, there's nothing but god that's not yeah. like me that's not because of my talents or, yeah like nah there's there's something bigger than me yeah. in that moment for sure you know what i'm saying like for sure and that was like that let me definitely let me know i mean i obviously knew it way before then yeah but that was like hold on like a kid from from southside minneapolis is on the, the like just won a grammy <sighs> best rap song of the year <sighs> hold on like this doesn't mind occur mind blowing bro yeah. mind blowing unreal it, 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 it's yeah, man. <laughs> For real. Yeah. I'm about to start crying right now. <laughs> Yo, my, my goosebumps yeah. are, are popping right <laughs> yeah. now. I'm having a dance party right For now. For real. For real. Man. And yeah. look, on this journey, like, shout out to the fact that, like, you had experienced accolades when, to you, they were, like, they didn't mean... I wouldn't say they didn't mean as much, but they like didn't hit as hard to home as somebody would think an 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 acknowledgement or an acclaim would. There's so much more. It's it's at the end of the day, it's deeper than a lot of us ever understand. Right. Um from the the, the external eye. Right. And you and I have had conversations in which, you know, you you were you were speaking about, you know, the transition from, you know, whether it's like an urban or just like a hip hop vibe to going far more like pop mm -hmm. and these balances of the different genres of music and then also having the the accreditation, if you will, I don't even know if that's like if I use that word correctly, but to be accredited enough to where your name has a mark now. Right. Right. And to be able to really explore the expanses of your music within the music business. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> right. 
and that exploration and that ability to like do pop records and then that like delve into pop and then feeling like well shit like this young rap shit's kind of coming back like I'm feeling the itch to get back at this rap shit <clears throat> what I truly feel like all of that is is like freedom to be able to create mm-hmm. absolutely right? and it's such a beautiful um, scenario for me to see somebody who's being has been really immersed in this music and whose pursuit of their craft has allowed them to really go through the depths of hell and back with a queen in the castle, with a family that supported, with just everything that you would think that would be, you know, a detriment, if you will, in terms of responsibility to be able to allow you to keep progressing, Mm. right? Um, For you to be a son, a father, a husband, you know what I'm saying? Like all of these things in one and be pursuing. First of all, I want to say congratulations to you. Yeah, Thank you, man. Like, I want to give Thank you. a round of applause because you're truly a testament of what the conception of craft is, mm. right? And you're truly one of those human beings that really like underlines the ingenuity and the genius of a craftsman. Mm. Because craftsmen can make something that's prolific and may also be going through the throes of life, mm. right? Um, first of all, in you know, at the end of the day, in your path, you're constantly progressing. Mm. Right. And you have certain milestones under your belt that allow you to keep keep going, not only internally, but also industry wide. You know that, look, I'm still focusing on the craft, but now I'm about to expand these horizons and infiltrate where I need to because it's no longer a student. Right. Right. You're becoming a sensei of your own in this game. Right. And you still have far more to go. Far, bro. Right. But as we've discussed, you're at a level now where, you know, music is allowing you to sustain a life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I want to ask you, A, how does that feel? Right. And then B, where do you want to go mm. from here? Um the feeling of being able to do music on a day to day and not have to struggle financially is, um, <laughs> I can't explain that that feeling because it, you know, it's it's coming from where I came from, and to be here, like even though I knew I would get to this point, every day I still thank God. It's still baffling to me in yeah. a way too. Mm-hmm. Like I wake up every day. And I do music for a living. Yeah. I I support my And you're family. able to make a living. I'm able to make a living. It's just like, what? Like this is crazy. And I do what I love. Mm. You know, but obviously, as we as we just talked about, you know, you can see how long it took to get to this point. Like I can say for the past f- four years have have been like I've been able to like really sustain a living in music yeah. the last four years to where I can really take care of my family. A semblance of comfort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's like 
it, it takes so long, man. And, and, and it's just one of those things where, um, you know, I'm still thankful every day because, you know, it can be taken from you. Yeah. And that's how I look at it. Yeah, I look man. at it every single day. I go to the studio. I, you know, there's things that I do to set up my family so they'll never be in a situation where we don't have money or we are poor again or we I, I, I cannot do that. Yeah. I, I won't do that. So I live below my means. I don't go crazy. I have fun. Yeah. But I don't go crazy, you know, because I'm scared. I'm yeah. scared of failure. I'm scared of that. Mm -hmm. So every day I work hard. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I get up. I work on myself. I run. I, I stay trying to read. And I, and I focus on my craft. You know what I mean? I don't really get, I don't really go out much. <laughs> like, I like to go out to, you know, to really study yeah. and to listen to music and see what's popping here or there. But like, you know, it, it, to me, that's a, it, it can be a hindrance. You know what I mean? Yes. I just really like to work, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and because I have a lot more that I want to accomplish. Yeah. And so that's, that's, uh, that's just where I'm at now. It just, it really all it does, it just, it, it, it enables me to, um, take it another step to, to go another place to open another door you know try another genre of music you know I have that freedom now to do that so and, and that's what I'm doing you know and I'm having fun with it so incredible yeah that's Yo, amazing like literally, that's amazing I, I, bro I, my love for you as a human being is infinite you know what I'm saying my appreciation of, uh, for you as a creator has continued to grow with just like us talking and vibing as human beings. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Um, I wish you all of the best. And, you know, from the depth of my being, thank you for sharing such an incredible journey with us. I thank you yeah. guys. And I, and I can't Definitely. wait for when we come back. Mm, right? Man. Because understand this, like, as we discuss, like, this is now we understand who Rocky is mm -hmm. as a human and as a creator, mm -hmm. right? And we're just gonna continue to paint on this canvas, you dig Absolutely. me? Absolutely. <laughs> you feel me? Mama, we, we made it! it! <laughs> and it's a wrap. <laughs>